Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Welcome to an ESPN 690 Thursday. We're going to go over our SB picks. I think we already know who won that, but we'll talk about him a little bit and some of the big moments at the ESPYs. Melvin Gordon makes an unexpected move and how it might affect the Jaguars going forward and also maybe the new CBA agreement coming out. The NCAA is at it again, making me upset, making a lot of people upset. Wait till you hear their latest allegations of why a head coach at the University of Tennessee is in trouble. And also Josh Norman running with the Bulls, yay or nay. If you're a Redskins fan, are you for it or are you against it? And what is everybody else's favorite exotic sport that is on their bucket list? That and a whole lot more today on ESPN 690, joined by my co-host and my co-pilot, Stuart Weber. How you doing, Stuart? Ready to fly the friendly skies with you here, co-pilot. Nice. Check that. And uh, we're joined also by Coos pushing buttons, we'll just say. He's handing, Some, he's handing out drinks. Sometimes they're right, sometimes they're not. If we're the co-pilots. Stuart Coos? Flight attendant Coos, we're calling you? That's him. Okay. If we're the co-pilots, he's the one handing out the drinks. Gotcha. Well, I teased Which are the, Vita de Louis, by Vita the way. Vita de Louis. I mean, they always got to be. No doubt. So I teased it a little bit. On the Let, rocks. Let's get right into it because this is uh, where my mind was at all day. Okay. Was celebrating my victory uh, for the SB picks. Okay. Um, really, re- really a landslide for me, actually. Wasn't even close. How'd you do? How many did you get right? Uh, pretty much all of them right. Though the, I mean, we, we I, I guessed on sh- nine of them. We guessed on nine of them, but we had some that were the same, you know. So you right. kind of just threw those out. But uh, out of the nine, you guys, how many did you get right? Uh, I got seven right, okay. I believe. Um, I, I missed two. Uh, you guys got five right. Yeah, I tallied mine up. Uh, it was funny. I was thinking of it uh, today, and I was thinking how I approached it yesterday versus how we would discuss it today. Mm-hmm. And this might sound like a sore loser saying this. I made the picks yesterday based on who I thought should win, not who I thought would win. Does that make sense? Um, yes or no. Like this was a competition, so you probably and, should have went for the win. And when when we were making the picks, I obviously agreed to that uh, to that stipulation. I wasn't thinking about it because I just, you know, I wanted to give my opinion on things. Sure. And I'm not the one who makes the picks for who wins. Who does make the picks for who wins the ESPYs? That's a great question. I'm not sure if it's the athletes or not because I voted. Scott, fan Scott Van Pelt, just him? No, you fan, oh, vote. fan it was votes. On a, okay. It was on a site. Okay, fan votes. There you go. Right. The fans have spoken. Okay. I I wasn't one of them, so my votes weren't, weren't do you, counted. Do you see what this is right here? Uh, what is this? You're holding up a finger. Yes. This sure. is my finger, and do you know where my finger is right now? It is on the pulse of sports in America. Because two fingers for a pulse, right? Uh, all I need is one. I have Just big one? fingers. Yep, okay. I have big fingers, man. We're all good. But uh, how you guys didn't pick the U.S. women's national team for best team, 
um, is beyond me. The Toronto Raptors. I didn't know the fans weren't, weren't even yesterday. top four. I didn't know the weren't fans even top four. I didn't realize the fans voted as the game was wrapping up so that they would get it right. Where I mean, what makes the Raptors so special though? They beat the Warriors. I, under- I felt I felt like that was a pretty big accomplishment. And for me, the the underdog aspect of it was, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday. The reason I, well, we didn't because we had to do it really quickly at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason I really like them as my team of the year, as voted on by this one fan, uh, this one person sitting here, is because they weren't expected to win it all. They, you know, nobody gave them a chance. Nobody said, oh, the Raptors can win team of the year. But everybody thought the U.S. women's national team was going to win. They did what they were supposed to do. Now, do we celebrate it? Absolutely. Do we get excited about it? Yes. But if you would have came to me last month and said, hey, the Raptors just won the NBA and, hey, the U.S. won the Women's Soccer World Cup, I would have been surprised about one of those things, and I would have thought that was one heck of an accomplishment. But if I would have told you that the Raptors won the championship and Kevin Durant went down and DeMarcus Cousins goes down, does that kind of take away some of the luster? Sure. And I'm not trying to be, I mean, hey, props to the Raptors. They're they're the champions. But I'm talking about for this award ceremony, does that kind of take some of the luster away of being the best team? I certainly get that. But I I felt like that decision of taking the the U.S. women's national team is just because it just happened. Well, that, but also, I mean, were they expected to win? I would say so. But they're also underdogs against uh, France. Yes, betting underdogs. What does that say? Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, but for me, I was I was more impressed by the team that was the Toronto Raptors and what they accomplished. I got you. Which and is why, which is why I picked that. Now, yeah. ha, had I properly put my mind in the right mindset yesterday when we were making decisions and picks and said I think that this team is going to win, then then I would have probably. And like I said, told, in retrospect, I, so, I sound I sound like I'm I'm just backtracking on everything I bit, said yesterday. A little bit, but there's no other way around it. That's that's yeah, how I feel. But truth be told, though, I mean, if we're talking best teams of the year, the, the St. Louis Blues to me um, might have been the best team of the year. All due respect to the women's national team, because with what the St. Louis Blues had to do, where they had the worst record in January, halfway through the season, um, and they literally changed the game of hockey, and they changed the whole style of hockey. They brought back the old-school mentality. So, yes, while the Raptors may have won the NBA championship, they did it with Kawhi Leonard, and they did it with good defense. That you know That's pretty common um, in NBA. But like with what the, the Blues were able to accomplish, with literally changing their whole scheme around, changing the way that you watch hockey, changing the way you play hockey, I think that has more... Um, effect on the world of sports, and granted, yes, it's hockey, so it's not as popular. But I think just from a, a from a team aspect, I think the St. Louis Blues are up there too. That's what I was about to say. They weren't even on the ballot. Yeah, they would have had to have been a write-in candidate. They yeah. put seven seven teams on the ballot, and and they really just picked the the main things that are on everybody's mind when you're talking about sports: NFL, NBA, and MLB. Those mm-hmm. three teams. College football, college basketball, college women's basketball, and then they added in the U.S. women's national team, and that's the one that wins. Yeah. So as great of a team as the St. Louis Blues were and as great of a story as that was, uh, they would just win best NHL team. No, and be absolutely. Done but, yeah. but I just was that think a category, from, by the way? Yeah, best NHL team. Why? Uh, I don't think it was the <laughs> no. I think biggest, like, biggest upset. Okay, I think that, went to the Blues or like biggest comeback by, by story. The way, or whatever um, it was. My my argument yesterday when we were deciding mm-hmm. on the best 
NBA, best MLB, and best NFL players, which I got all those right. Oh, of course, yeah. It was all the MVPs. It was the, the exact MVPs. people that won the MVPs. Yeah. So why are we doing this? No, for, no, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> the the And I owe an apology to Giannis Adetokounmpo. And yeah. you can call him, for those of you that don't know, you can call him Giannis Adetokounmpo or Adis Dekempo. And the D is actually, since he's from Greece, they pronounce it with a D, the way he spelt his name. Or you can pronounce it with a T. I go with a D because I'm from Milwaukee. I'm, in from, I'm from Wisconsin, and I'm a fan. So I'm trying to refer to him as his home country. But I owe him, a, I owe him an apology. I, I really do. Uh, best male athlete of the year, the Greek freak. Um, I think we all had Patrick Mahomes on that one. Didn't see that coming at all. But... I guess if you want to see the term athlete, you look at a guy who's almost seven feet tall, can play every position on the NBA court. Yeah, I guess he's a pretty good athlete. It is a little ironic to me that all those winners that I just mentioned and ran through, including Giannis, uh, none of them won the title. True. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. you know, the, the individual accolades don't always mean everything, as, mm-hmm. as you can certainly tell by these guys. Uh, but they had great seasons and they get recognized and a cool night for everybody to get together on the slowest sports night of the year. Pretty much. But I was still watching live sports. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. Of. It's all good. You're watching poker. So. I was watching World Series of Poker last night. Yeah. Uh, not, not, not gonna break that down. Hate to tell you. I, I know nothing about it. I, I'll just throw one thing at you. Get me with it. Richard Seymour was in it. Richard Seymour, that Former name sounds Patriot familiar. Super Bowl champion. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, he, he did really well. He finished like, uh, 180th, 190th, somewhere in there, in a field of 8,000. So obviously um, he got his money back and then some. Uh, yeah, like 50, 50K, I think he cashed, cool. which the buy-in's 10K. So yeah. uh, he did really well. He was at the, the featured table for a good portion of it. Gotcha. So then you didn't have time to see Von Miller's output or, or Odell Beckham Jr.'s output I saw it on Twitter, which, by the way, currently is uh, dead. So yeah, it's not it's not our so, fault. Like the, oh, the, no, entire, no, yeah, no, yeah. the entirety of Twitter, yeah. the bird is like... The bird's down. It's down. Someone's going to ha- send a vet. Somebody broke Twitter. Send a vet because yep. the Twitter bird needs help. <laughs> um, which means, by the way, that if you normally listen to our stream on Twitter, you can check it out on our Facebook page or YouTube or Twitch. Mm-hmm. Should still be up on all those, right, Coos? Yes. He's nodding his head as he does work because he's always doing work back there. <laughs> I don't know if he's doing I'm currently taking a picture of the fact that Twitter's down there and I'm going to put it, it on Instagram. There we go. Good man. And putting what you're putting it on Instagram? Oh yeah. You got to complain when another social media is down on other this social happened, media. This happened last week. People on Twitter were complaining that Instagram and Facebook were down, right? right? So yeah. now we got to do it the other way. Okay. It goes both ways. Sure. But Von Miller's outfit and Odell Beckham Jr.'s outfits. What did you think? I I enjoyed Odell Beckham Jr.'s outfit because I I saw a uh, a tweet on on the Twitters, which yes. is now currently down, um, which compared it very uh, humorously to the photographers' bibs we have to wear at NFL <laughs> games <laughs> yeah. when we're out there shooting because the color was a dead match. Okay, it's like just this khaki. Yeah, this, yeah, this khaki bib that we have to wear. And it is the most ridiculous thing. So, like, I saw it. I'm like, yeah, I can see it. Other than the pouch. Yeah. We do have two little pockets on the front of the bib. Um, but it's not quite like the, the little pouch, which someone said was holding Girl Scout cookies. Well, and that's what I thought when I first saw it. I'm like, he's selling Girl Scout cookies. Like, he, he he's a brownie. He's uh, All he needs is, like, the neckerchief thing. And he is a dead giveaway for a Girl Scout. Um, listen, the SPs is great because it seems like a lot of people take the fashion risks. And you kind of yeah. see, like, what else is new in the fashion world. I remember I saw my first... 
pro athlete basically wearing a suit coat and then suit pants that were cut into shorts. Like, that was my first time I ever saw it. And then all of a sudden, a few years later, you got LeBron James doing it. Pretty much everyone's doing it. So I guess the ESPYs is kind of like the place to debut some fashion. And the other one that I noticed, and everybody noticed, was Von Miller. Looking who, like uh, wearing Carhartts. Carhartts. And, and here's the funny thing. He was dressed like... 90% of the people that I know that I grew up with back home when they go like to a hunting camp. You know, like when it's wintertime, that's what they wear. Yeah. And Von Miller's in the middle of L.A. rocking a bunch of Carhartt stuff. Now, is he sponsored by Carhartt? If he wasn't before, he certainly He's gonna will be, be now. now. And it's funny, too, because with Carhartt, you know, I mean, it's traditionally the, the, like a blue-collar kind of garb, you know? I mean, a lot of guys that work in, like, mills and things will rock that. Um and it's funny, my cousin, I have, so I have some family in Norway, right? And this goes to Beautiful show you just, just how crazy fashion yeah. is. This was like four or five years ago we had this conversation. But they were saying how Carhartt was like so big in Norway at the time and so in that people were paying like five to six times what it was worth just to rock some Carhartt gear. When I was like, I could literally go to, to a Walmart or anywhere, get some Carhartt. You know, I'd get like a Carhartt hat for like probably ten bucks. Where in Norway, it would cost like 50, 60 bucks. I see a business venture. Well, I'm not sure if it's the same way Just now. Just illegally smuggle in some car hearts. Well, I feel like with Amazon and everything now, I think you can kind of get whatever you want, right? Yeah, it's but, possible. But it's crazy how you take away from different countries. Like, Norway was very expensive, by the way. Was it really? Yeah. Yeah. I was there in May. Okay. For for a couple of days. It was very expensive. Very green and lush. But also it was gorgeous, like, yeah. with uh, the backpacks, too, which, listen, I'm, I'm bad when it comes to fashion, but um, like the backpacks with like the fox on it that have seemed to become really big now with the kids. Do you yep. know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what they're called? Do you know where they're from yeah. or anything? Uh, it's Europe. Okay, <laughs> it's Europe. Yeah. So, <laughs> which one more one more fashion note before we move on from this and talk about actual sports? It's uh, the ESPYs. It's sports. It's the ESPYs, but the fashion side of it is mm-hmm. just fun to talk about. Uh, Kyle Kuzma. I don't know if you saw him looking out there like uh, Denim Dan. He had the whole full <laughs> Canadian tuxedo going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it had like little weird like denim straps everywhere, just hanging off and. Mm-hmm. Mm. Rough. Rough. But, um. Style. But speaking of SPs, too, before we wrap up this segment here, I mean, I thought Drew Brees had a great speech, um, giving a shout out to his wife, first and foremost. Smart man. I think uh, a lot of athletes kind of got the cold shoulder from their wives when they, they were mentioned first in their acceptance speeches, kind of like Dwayne Wade mentioned. So that was cool. Um, listen, Kaylin Owashi, who we talked about before on the show, the gymnast from UCLA who put up a perfect 10 on the floor routine, uh, she did something that I've never seen before in acceptance speeches, and she literally had like a slam poetry session. And you could tell this wasn't um, read from a teleprompter because this was about a three-minute long speech, and she just talked about kind of the injustices of the world, being a woman in gymnastics. She rapped about uh, Cardi B and Nicki Minaj a little bit in their feud. It was pretty interesting i mean you know every once in a while like she got a little emotional and the flow got messed up but props to her for kind of going out on a limb and doing something completely new completely fresh i, th- I thought it was pretty cool stage was hers stage was her yes, like absolutely it. yeah good stuff so that was cool all right sbs sbs man a little sb wrap up there i wish we, we are, had a we contest are, prize are, but whatever yeah. i won feels good here here's a basketball that was Thanks sitting for the on basketball. the desk cool uh, ESPN 690, we talk about the ESPYs. We talk about the NFL. Melvin Gordon. Big news today. Big news today. We'll discuss that and what it could mean for Jacksonville. That's next right here on Action Sports Jacks Radio. We are back on 
a beautiful Thursday afternoon in Jacksonville, Florida. It was hot this morning. I'm not going to lie. Uh, did some yard work and uh, took a lot out of me. Uh, it's really a minor miracle that I'm still upright right now. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting down. I did. I took uh, I took breaks. Good. Uh, drank some water as I was doing it. Nice. Uh, lots of weeds in the yard. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Wait. So then, are you a homeowner? Or... Yes. Okay. Oh yeah. How 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 big are we talking here? Thirty nine acres. No, I don't know. It's a, just a yard on a normal house. It's not a lot. It's well, like, saying, I, like, do you have to like mow can, the lawn like in a rider mower? No, or is it a push I can. Mower? I can push. Set push, the scene a little bit. I can push mower the yard in ten to fifteen minutes. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. But uh, it was it was hot out there. No, for sure. I, I feel bad for the landscapers. As someone who worked in landscaping in Wisconsin, um, that killed me. So I can only imagine what it's like in Jacksonville. It's got to be hell. It's toasty. Very toasty. But you mentioned it before we. Uh, Went to break here. The biggest, I think, news story of the day for me personally, and I think for a lot of NFL fans, is the, the news of Melvin Gordon, um, a guy who has done everything by the book, uh, hasn't really been in a lot of trouble, former Wisconsin Badger, what up? But this is a guy who has been a big, intricate part of the San Diego Chargers, or now it's the Los Angeles Chargers, former San Diego Chargers. Put a dollar in the swear jar. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's basically holding the team ransom. His agent has come out and said that if Melvin Gordon does not get a new contract, he will sit out of training camp and he will also request a trade. And to me, this is a little aggressive. Aggressive is not the right word. I think it's game changing. I'm going to okay. say that. Right. Um, yeah, I think it's is aggressive. It, well, is it aggressive? Sure, it's aggressive. Yes. But let's be honest here. I mean, if this would have happened five years ago, you'd be saying, what an idiot. Like, th- th- there's no way this, this is going to work. Yep. The, it's just it's not how things are, are run these days. But all of a sudden, we had a guy like Le'Veon Bell. Didn't want to be franchise tagged. Cho- you know, choose to sit out. And with all due respect, I think it worked out for him. Now, people want to say, well, listen, he, he lost a franchise tag money th- 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 that, for that season. But who's to say, playing the running back position, that maybe he gets hurt that last season in Pittsburgh? Maybe he hurts his leg, knock on wood. Maybe it's, you know, it, it could be a serious injury. Well, then going into free agency, no one's going to pay him anything because people got to understand the average lifespan of a running back. And I get it. It's a pass happy league now and it's a pass first league, but there still is a pretty big commodity for running backs. But the average lifespan of a running back is small. Um, and you're asking a guy, a first round pick in Melvin Gordon, where injuries are very common, name your top running backs in the NFL. Guess what? I'm sure they've all been hurt before. They've all set out games before. And being a first-round pick, you, you have to play out a contract that's usually five years. And in that five years, a lot of things can happen. So for the people out there that want to hate on Melvin Gordon, that, that want to say, what do you, you know, just play out your contract and keep your mouth shut, I say nay because you look at the landscape now and, listen, Someone once said the times are changing, yeah. and and the times are definitely changing. And I think with what you're seeing now is the fact that the players realize that they have a lot more power than they thought they had. And I'm talking about Le'Veon Bell. I'm talking about Antonio Brown. When Antonio Brown did his whole stuff on on Twitter and Instagram Live, and he was you know bad mouthing Ben Roethlisberger, bad mouthing the Steelers organization, you could have looked at that and said. Yeah, that's not how you're supposed to act in the NFL. That that was a bad play. And I sat on this show and I said it was a bad play as well because he kind of threw his teammates underneath the bus. But at the same time, 
He got a new contract, made an extra $30 million in Oakland. So was it really that bad of a move? And this is my point where people want to say these guys are being selfish. These guys aren't thinking of the team first. That's great. I say they're believing in themselves and they're believing in their abilities. And that's why I think this makes things interesting going forward. So a little bit of background on Melvin Gordon for those who maybe don't know all his details. 15th overall pick when he was drafted back in 2015. So this would be the option year of that rookie contract. You get, if you're a first round pick, you get a four year contract. Team has a fifth year option. Up to this point, Melvin Gordon has earned a signing bonus right when he was drafted of six million dollars and an additional four and a half since then. So ten and a half million dollars sounds like a lot to us. But for these kind of pro athletes, for a guy like Melvin Gordon, who when he's out there and healthy is going to give you a thousand yards and ten touchdowns. And, you know, he has proven that the last couple of years. Obviously, last year he only did 12 games, still had nearly 900 yards at a 5.1 average. Mm-hmm. yard per carry, which is just sensational, and 10 touchdowns. The year before that, 1,100 yards in his full 16-game season. The year before that, 997 yards in 13 games. So look, Melvin Gordon is a really, really good running back. And when you're looking at those numbers, his final year of this contract would pay him an additional $5.5 million. I get that you see a guy like Le'Veon Bell, and you're like, all right, well, he did that. Maybe I should sit out a year. Le'Veon Bell had already made eight ton of money mm-hmm. at that point. Melvin Gordon has only just started to. And that's probably why there's such a disparity and, and the big reason why they're coming out with these demands and, you know, this request, I don't know which whichever way you want to spin it, request or demand, um, feels a lot more like a demand than a request at this point. Yeah. Um, is because they're so far apart on these two different sides. So you got Melvin Gordon, a valuable asset. But if you're the the Chargers, is any one player that valuable to where you're gonna heed to their demands and and give them all that? That's certainly the the thing they have to grapple with, because if you're looking at L.A., you also have a guy named Austin Eckler back there. You've got some depth at the running back position, and guess what? You went four and zero without Melvin Gordon last year when he was hurt. Without a doubt, and I completely agree with you on all aspects of that. But Melvin Gordon, make no mistake about it, is a special player. No and, and you can't deny that. Now, he's had some injury history. And I think the injury history is one of the big factors of why he's asking um, for a new contract. Because, it, it, listen, at the running back position, at the wide receiver position, it's a catch-22. Because if he was to play out this season, he'd have to have a good year to get a new contract, right? I mean, that's where the big bucks are. If you have, if you have one of the best you know, stat lines of the entire running back group, then you're going to make the most money. Well, in order to have that stat line, you need to get carries. And in order to get carries, you take hits. I mean, that's the life of an NFL running back. So if he was to put up some big numbers, it's going to come at a price, and it's going to come at the price of getting hit. And then uh, you mentioned Austin Eckler, who uh, is phenomenal in his own right. The guy can do everything. He can, he can run out of the backfield, run between the tackles. He can run power, the toss. He's good. He has good hands. I mean, he can do everything. This is a guy from my fantasy football team, yeah, so I, I know a little about he him. A, he was a great fill-in on fantasy football yes. last year, no doubt about yeah. that. So maybe there's a little animosity um, towards Austin Eckler as well, where Melvin Gordon might see, well, if his numbers do go down a little bit from the carries, maybe the Chargers are trying to keep Melvin Gordon healthy. Well, if his production goes down, he's not getting paid either. Simple as that. And I don't see Melvin Gordon offering a, a hometown discount, if you will. So it's a sticky situation. And... One thing you got to remember, too, here, like I mentioned before, Melvin Gordon 
isn't necessarily the biggest flashiest guy. I mean, they, they call him Flash, but he's not a it's all about me kind of guy. I, I feel like he's more of the humble type. Um, I think he kind of, you know, keeps his stuff to the ground and doesn't really say a lot, just performs on the field. And this isn't like a guy like Antonio Brown where it's all about me. And I think going forward with the CBA agreement, I mean, we, we talk about medical marijuana. We talk about the length of the football season. What about the length of first-round draft picks contracts? Do we see a change here? Do we see a change where instead of a four-year deal with that fifth, you know, um, the team could pick it up, do we see maybe a, a two- or three-year deal? If I'm the CBA, if I'm the NFLPA, if, if I'm in charge or if I'm one of the guys that are leading the charge here, I'm campaigning for that because you look at this. And I don't know what the average lifespan of an NFL running back is. It can't be long. Not long. Can't be long. It's the not for long league. Yeah, exactly. And and you know exactly how I feel about guys getting their money. Yeah. So if this is the power play that Melvin Gordon has to do, then then so be it. I mean, more power to you. I hope it pans out for him. But guess what? Of every running back or every skill position player that's asked for more money or to be traded, has it ever not worked out for them? It hasn't. I mean, it has, it's always worked out in their favor. Now, Duke Johnson in Cleveland, a guy to keep an eye on, he's requested a trade, so hasn't been traded yet. But for the most part, I can't think of one example where an NFL player held the team hostage and it didn't work out for the NFL player. Now, yes, maybe he went to a new team. He may have got hurt. Uh, the team may have stunk. So be it. But I'm talking from a financial standpoint, it's always worked for the NFL player. And I think the jury's still a little bit out on Le'Veon Bell to see how everything's going to pan out with him. I mean, see, to me, with Le- Le'Veon Bell, though... He got his money. He got his money, yeah. and, and, and he sat out a year. Yeah. So, to me, that worked out. Yeah. Well, that, and that's the thing. If, if they're getting paid, that's certainly Antonio working Brown, for them. Antonio Brown, it yeah. worked out, you know? Well, let's keep this discussion going. Well, yes, and because we got to tie to the Jacksonville Jaguars exactly here. Let's, yeah. let's talk about that and how much the, the timing of this makes sense. You know, this is that time when you'd expect these kind of contracts to get made, and this is certainly a leveraging chip. So we'll talk about how that relates to the Jacksonville Jaguars and a player they have right now who might be going through some similar thoughts in their head. That's coming up next on ESPN 690. What do you think Brent Martineau's doing right now? He's on vacation. He's in Rhode Island. My guess is he's throwing batting practice to one of his kids. <laughs> That's my guess. Uh, well, you have to keep those tools sharp, right? That always, Even when like, it's vacation. On vacation, they always are doing... I always see videos and pictures of them doing BP. Oh, I was under the impression that when he went on the cruise, he was like on like a Little League Baseball kind of cruise where they actually play games on the boat or something. <laughs> that, like, would, that would not surprise me either. I mean, the with the way like, kids' athletics are these days and traveling baseball, it wouldn't surprise me if there's like, some kind of traveling cruise out there. One thing I can tell you he's not doing is holding out for a new contract or demanding to be traded. Well, let's hope not. Maybe this is what it's all about. He's on vacation. He's having his agent. Vacation. Yeah, he's on, you know, quote unquote. Well, you can't see it on Twitter, but quote unquote, vacation. Maybe trying to iron out a new deal or something like that. No, he's Maybe probably going to leave us. He's probably listening right now. Okay, fantastic. Please don't leave us, Brent. I can't do this uh, on my own. I mean, maybe Stuart can, but it's it's crazy. on your own i'm here with you what yeah you? but like i have to do so much more now that brent's <laughs> gone i'm gonna be honest man i'm gonna be very transparent here yeah no it's when, true when it's me and brent i don't want to say i can just come in and throw in cruise control but 
there's a lot less pressure on me because Brent is a master at what he does. You know, I mean, he takes the show over, and every once in a while, I'll throw in a joke, ha ha ha. Austin Lane made a funny, and then it's good to go, whatever. But now, like, oh, how I the, gotta, oh how the turntables have oh, turned. I know, I, I gotta find stuff to talk about. I gotta write out the <laughs> show. I gotta make sure we're all on the same page. It's a lot more to, it's a lot more responsibility. I hope, uh, I hope this this lesson I've been sent to teach you about how to appreciate Brent Martineau is really yeah, fully sent. Yeah, you've done nothing so far. No, I'm whoa, kidding. Whoa, no, whoa, I'm whoa, kidding. Whoa. I'm kidding. I, I have things written down I'm on kidding. a notepad. No, yeah, you're good, man. Doing you see what I got? I got two screens going here. Of just yeah, look at you. Right, writing stuff down and yeah. talking. And well, and writing stuff down and talking. I mean, the most stuff that I have written down is about Melvin Gordon yes. and the Jacksonville Jaguars and how does it tie yes. to them and what are the plans going forward now. And when you're talking about holding out for a new contract, um, putting a team ransom, if you will, or just not being a quote-unquote team player, uh, you have to talk about Yannick Ngakwe. Because this is the guy that is slated to get the next contract. And it begs the question, because this is a guy, an Ngakwe, who technically doesn't have to get a new contract this year. Can still play out his rookie contract. I think he has one more year left, correct? One more. One more year left. So if the Jacksonville Jaguars really wanted to, they have to pay him this year. You don't have to do that. Now, is that the right move to do? Absolutely not. And this isn't a running back position where you maybe get four or five good years of play and then all of a sudden you just kind of wear out. This is the, this is the premier position. This is the position that, um, you build your defense around and that, and that is the pass rusher. And to me, Ngakwe's case is pretty simple. If you're Ngakwe, you just point to Frank Clark, you point to Lawrence from the Cowboys and you say, well, they got $100 million. Guess what? I have the same stats that they do. I'm going to need $100 million. And if the Jaguars don't pay up, and if I'm in Ngakwe, do I pull Melvin Gordon? I just might. I honestly just might. And here's where I'm coming from. If Ngakwe was to pull Melvin Gordon and he was to do that, there would be the outcry saying, well, he's not a team player. They have all the tools right now on defense to be so successful. They have to have a, a great season. I get that. And I think any time that you hold the team ransom, people want to say you're not a team player. Okay, fine. You're not a team player then. I don't think that's Ngakwe's motive, but also the money is the motive as well. But you got to remember, it may seem like a couple million dollars here or there to people, and especially it's so hard to explain because, you know, the people are working jobs nine to five making a fraction, a, a minuscule fraction of what these NFL players are making. So it, it's always hard to try to support NFL players sometimes just because people are at their jobs listening right now thinking, well, it's an extra couple, what, $10 million? They're going to be fine, yeah. you know? So th- there's always that, and, and I get that. I understand that. But I'm just talking from the player's perspective. Yeah. Team playing, like being a team player is a good thing. But being a team player doesn't get you paid. When you're 65 years old, your hips give out, maybe you got a bum leg, your back's killing you, you got a bad neck, your grandkids need money for college, maybe there is a serious um, accident in your household, you have to pay medical bills because the NFL insurance isn't covering it anymore. Maybe some things happen down the road. You have no idea what's going to happen. And maybe you're sitting there, 65 years old, thinking, I wish I would have had another 10 to $15 million. I wish I would have held out. I wish I would have believed in my abilities a little harder and asked for a little more money. And that's the point where being a team player doesn't take into effect 20 to 30 years down the line. Your team's not going to be there for you 20 to 30 years down the line. And that's my only point there. Yeah. When I look at it, it's 
it's an interesting thing to talk about, and obviously that's why we're talking about it here on ESPN 690, because there, there's so much when it comes to optics about these kind of moves. And when you're talking about these negotiations, what what do you have for leverage? What can you do? When a team renews the contract of a guy, you're showing that commitment to that guy. You're showing that, hey, we want you to be a future piece of our team and you are very important and valuable to us. And I feel like the earlier you get that done, the bolder of a statement that is. You know, the the more you're committing, hey, you are really important. A great example is the Atlanta Braves. We talk about what we know. The the fact that they have signed two really young players in Ronald Acuna and Ozzy Albies to deals, team friendly deals, by the way. They, very team friendly. Very deals, team friendly deals. Yeah. But the the fact that they're still taking a bit of a risk on these guys because they're young. Mm-hmm. They haven't played out all the years of these contracts. Football. It's obviously different. This this is the time to start making those deals, to start doing that, and to extend the guys that you certainly want to keep beyond that what would be a lame duck season. I feel like in the NFL you don't you don't want to unless you absolutely have to have a lame duck season, you know. And players and teams both probably agree with that without a doubt. You want to have your future secured, but at the same time. If a team is not willing to extend you, then I feel like you should still play out that deal and prove to other teams why they should pay you. At that point, the the switch in your head should should say, okay, maybe they don't want me here in this city. But I still need to put forth my best effort for the resume so that I can make these huge dollars somewhere else to someone who's going to pay me. Now, it doesn't always have to be somewhere else. That team can then come back and be like, well, you did really well this year. We're going to give you even more money Mm -hmm. because you earned it and you proved it on the field. So I personally feel like with that contract, instead of holding out, maybe you go have your best season ever and you go show them exactly what they're going to miss out on for those future years when they don't pay you. Okay, so let's use that as an example then. Sure. Because I mean – Fantastic point. So with Ngakwe here, yeah. let's say for whatever reason they don't pay him. Mm-hmm. And let's say it's all sunshine and rainbows and he decides to play for his final season on his contract. Yeah. He's trying to be a team player, trying to help the team win. He'll get paid eventually. Let's say that he goes out and has a season like we expect him to have. Let's say he puts up 13, 14 sacks. Because you have to remember every single year the inflation goes up, especially at the pass rush position. Yes. So now you're talking about a guy who realistically probably wants around $100 million now, because if you look at the market, how it's set up, who's to say next year he goes out, has 12 sacks, maybe 13, even maybe even more. Who knows? They have a stacked defensive line. Let's see how it pans out. Maybe he puts up 13 or 14 sacks. Well, now you're talking a guy who wanted $100 million who's going to be like, oh, that's cool. You guys don't want to pay me? Check this out. $140 million now. What do you think about those apples? And you know what's going to happen? Jacksonville probably can't afford him because you got Jalen Ramsey, you got Miles Jack, you got other guys that need to be paid, and you're going to chalk the deuces to Yannick Ngakwe, and you're going to let him slip through your fingers. A guy who was a third-round draft pick, who came up in your system, who did everything right, never got in trouble, busted his ass, and made a name for himself. And now you're going to say bye to him. I can't, I can't co-sign on that. In, well, then you should have paid the guy. 
You no, know, that, no, exactly. Yeah, that's that's, the thing. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's that's what the stance you're taking as a team if you're not getting that deal done before that lame duck season. Mm-hmm. You're giving them the opportunity to build a resume for somewhere else. But you have to ask yourself the question too here, Stuart. So if you were to say you got to play out the contract. Yeah. Well, then, what does it say about the team you're playing for? Do you enjoy coming to work every single day? Like, do you think if if this and well, that, let's again reason Ngakwe as correct, a, 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 but as it applies a to lots of people. Yeah, yeah. But let's say it happened to Ngakwe. Let's say they didn't pay him. He chose to uh, you know keep going to work every single day. Do you think every time he punches in that key code, he's going to be happy to come to work? And I'm I'm saying like people are listening at home right now thinking, well, who cares about a player's happiness? I'm saying. If you come to work ticked off every single day and you bring bad vibes into a locker room, a locker room that we really need uh, some good vibes, some leadership, well, then you're hurting. And that's another thing, too, as well. You're talking about a leader uh, on that defensive line. You're talking about a leader in that locker room, a guy who's um, kind of been self-appointed, if you will. And if you don't reimburse him, if you don't treat him like that, well, then he's not going to be that. And then yep. you're going to be sucked like last season where you're missing leadership and you're missing those guys in the locker room. And a lot of people at home who are maybe listening right now can certainly relate because there's tons of people who go to a job that maybe they don't enjoy or maybe they've got something lined up, but they got to finish up something with someone else first. Mm-hmm. And it, when I think of what you were just saying, okay, so maybe you're in there, you're, you're a locker room cancer, you're not... You're not performing to your fullest. Well, then you know what you're going to do? You're going to lose reps to mm-hmm. Josh Allen, to other guys who are coming up in the system because it's always next man up. And then what's going to happen? When you go to sign that next contract, that's going to be brought up. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's always that that motivation to to keep you going, even if it's not the best of scenarios, even if you're not in the best of situations and you're not happy about it. Well, you you should probably at least put on a face because – you want to get out there and get your playing time, get your sacks, get your money. And you can't do that if you're a problem and you're getting relegated. If you're a if you're a guy who's a, you know, game day scratch, healthy scratch because you you can't properly perform because you're upset about something. So it's both sides, you no, know. No, no, it, it absolutely And that's the interesting thing about it. So Well, and and then here's where the games change though. Yeah. You have a guy like Le'Veon Bell who set out an entire season. Now, we don't know how he's going to produce this year. But if Le'Veon Bell comes out, has an all-pro season, well, then it's going to show what he did was right. Cleo Mack, another perfect example, a guy who held out, got traded, didn't have one ounce of practice during training camp during the spring. And what does he do? Comes in the first game against the Green Bay Packers and obliterates that whole team. Well, we've proven that the training camp and yeah. preseason games yeah. are a little overrated. But here, this is, this is For what I want to really do. Good guys. You know, absolutely. But here's what I want to do. And Yannick Ngakwe is yeah. one of those guys. Yes, though. he is. But uh, I want to talk a little bit more. But this is a good conversation. Yeah, let's, let's keep, keep it going a little yeah. bit here. Uh, we'll kind of put a bow on it, wrap it up a little bit here. But I think Jalen Ramsey is another guy that we got to consider um, taking the Melvin Gordon approach. Let's talk about that next on ESPN 690. So, uh, Austin, what's the uh, what's the whiteboard got right now for our video stream? Yeah, video stream can be found on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. We got, hey world, stop licking things and recording video of it. Pretty, uh, that doesn't sound like something you would have to write hey, on a whiteboard and think, tell people. Didn't think I'd be about a half year into the show here and have to put on the whiteboard for people to stop licking things and recording it. But here we are. I think it'd lick a lollipop. Well, yes, you can lick a lollipop, but taco shells, uh, pizza, ice cream are just some of the things that people seem to be 
posting right now on social media of themselves licking. Well, here's the thing. They don't have to do both of the things on your list. Just do one of them. Yeah. We hope it would be the first one. I, I'd hope so. As in, stop licking things. Stop, stop licking things. Uh, or I at have, the very least, just stop recording. Listen, I, yeah, I have no idea where this whole trend came from. Bluebell. It came, okay, the, the Bluebell ice cream thing. So for those of you that don't know, uh, there was a gal who chose to record herself in selfie mode of her licking some Bluebell ice cream. And the thing with Bluebell ice cream is... For the freshness, they don't uh, they don't actually like put like a don't get that plastic sheet on a there. plastic sheet yeah. over it. No, because uh, they they feel like the their freshness traps it in already, so you don't need the plastic sheet. Time, that's what they time, claim. Time to start putting a plastic sheet that's, on it. That's, that's what they claim. I'm just trying to talk about Bluebell for that sponsorship sure, yeah. idea. Bluebell oh, they, ice they cream. Come by, they come by a couple times a year. Get it? Oh yeah. Well, in that case, Bluebell ice yeah. cream. Get it? You know what the most ridiculous thing is? What's that? They always come in for National Meteorologist Day. For real? Yes. Is there like a national sports radio? No. We'll we'll start that. I'll I'll, I'll make some calls. There might be, but, but it's easier yeah, to say no. But just making the point quick, I don't know why you think it's a good idea to record your face doing something that's considered illegal. Like you you can't lick people's food. You the what you can't I mean there's a lot of cases of this going on. Not and, only can't you, but why? What yeah. what why? Yeah. I'm just, it's gross. It's, it's insane. Stop it. And, and just, at the same time, since we're on the topic, yes. the whole bottle cap challenge thing, yeah. the, the spinning roundhouse kick. Yes. That was going to be a uh, pump your brakes the other that, day. That, that, that was going to be a pump your brakes, yeah. and I just said it was whatever. But yeah. yeah, let's go ahead and stop those videos too, huh? Yeah. Because, hey, I got, I got a little advice for you. If you want to do that video, have somebody hold the bottle out of the camera so when you kick it, it doesn't matter where you hit it, the cap's going to fall off. And that's what they do. Casey didn't know what was going on. Uh, yeah, who cares? Bottles don't hit back. So, congratulations. Or I, find a bottle I that's going to hit back. I better turn on the UFC in about a year and see a lot of these people on social media doing these kicks. That's all I'm going to say. It's going to be an Olympic sport in 2032. Roundhouse kicking? Break dancing is going to be. But it's, it's right along with those bottle flipping kicks. I mean, listen, this is, this, this is my uh, daily kids get off my lawn sure. moment, but here we are. So We'll call it Lane's Lawn. Lane's Lawn, something that's really grinding my gears. Well, something that could be really uh, grinding the Jaguars' gears. Yes, as we wrap the two topic. Years, yeah, wrap up the topic with Melvin Gordon. For those of you that are just joining us, Melvin Gordon and his camp have come out and said that if he does not get a new contract with the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, he will sit out training camp and then request a trade as well. Melvin Gordon be, you know, being uh, pretty much the bell cow of the Los Angeles Chargers. And it's really a guy like I've talked about where not a lot of distractions come from him. Usually a pretty humble guy who's been a, you know, a quote unquote team player, if you will. And we, we talked about Yannick Ngakwe a little bit. I mean, does that really affect him? Could Ngakwe kind of follow lead? Because that's where the, the NFL seems to be going. And we might see a change in CBA one day. But guess what? If you're a Jaguars fan right now, you don't care because you have a guy like Jalen Ramsey who's been outspoken in the past, who's, uh, not afraid to speak his mind and you have a guy like Jalen Ramsey who's watching all this kind of unfold in front of him I mean one would think and he's been on record saying no team discount you know no hometown discount now that was kind of a joke on Instagram live take it for what it's worth but I I feel like Jalen Ramsey's a guy who's going to want to get his money as well and I would not be surprised if we see a whole nother 
Melvin Gordon, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown seen if he doesn't get paid. And this is the thing is that the way these contracts are structured, it's not like baseball where you can get out ahead of it a lot easier. In football, you you almost kind of have to wait for that sweet spot. You want to take you want to take advantage. I don't know if that's the right word, but do you want to take advantage of the rookie contract? I mean, you have to pay veterans. You're going to pay rookies. You want to be able to keep those separate and be able to afford these guys at this current rate. But you got to bite the bullet at some point on some of these guys when it's the right time, obviously. Uh, you don't draft a rookie and then give them a contract extension one year later. The problem is is that these windows are moving up. And certainly it's something that might be addressed in the CBA, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Do the rookie deals get shorter? Do the windows for negotiating open earlier? Uh, It's certainly these things. But with a guy like Jalen Ramsey, you want to keep him, obviously. So you want to get that dialogue started as soon as possible so that he's not going out there and having these, these sort of discussions with teammates on the Internet for fun. If... If a guy knows that this contract is getting taken care of in a back room right now and there is great dialogue between his team and that team, they are far less likely to air their business out to the world, Mm -hmm. even if it's for a lark, Mm -hmm. as was said to be this. You're not going to do that. You're not going to jeopardize good negotiations that are happening. So I think it's important to get those conversations started a lot earlier and this earlier you sign them the less likely the price is going to go up. You mentioned inflation. It's always happening. The price is always going up. So the sooner you get somebody, the better. And here's the thing to remember, too. The the pass rushing spot and the cornerback spot, the shutdown corner are two of the most important positions in all of football. And you have a guy like Jalen Ramsey, who, in my opinion, is the face of the franchise. He is probably the most popular player on that Jaguars team. You saw what happened in New York when they let Odell Beckham Jr. go. And then you saw how that fan base turned on the organization. And now they're the laughing stock of the NFL. You just watched the ESPYs last night. You know what I'm talking about. So with that being said, yes, Jalen Ramsey's got to get his money too, eventually. More talk on ESPN 690 next. Welcome back to ESPN 690. And welcome back to Twitter. Took a little one-hour siesta there. As uh, Twitter users were scrambling to get their social media content, a little nappy poo for the uh, the Twitter. Nothing wrong with that, you know. I mean, Instagram and Facebook did it like a week ago, so. See, I don't have Instagram, so I wouldn't know about that one. I believe it's referred to as the Gram. Don't see no. no see, no, I, I, I understand what you're doing, <laughs> and um, to be honest with you. It's been a nice pass. Well, it's been like about like 13 days now. Yeah, um, it's been a while. since we have heard the term the gram because we we're off on vacation. Well, I was on vacation last week, yep. and Brent wasn't by me, so I didn't have to hear about the gram. But you feel the need <laughs> on a Thursday. I just like riling you up a little bit. After we're, I mean, dude, I wasn't riled up over the Melvin Gordon thing. I, I'm always bringing passion to the studio. I know, but there's a fine line between passion and just making me upset. And so what you're, I'm you're doing getting close to crossing that line. What I'm doing is I'm getting you ready for five round championship fights. I got you. Right now you do a lot of three rounders. I do do a lot of three rounders. You know, so it, we got to extend that passion to a full five <laughs> rounds worth of. Uh, so, so you're saying for my very first championship fight, you're gonna be in the crowd yelling, "Put it on the gram." I'm gonna hear every, you. Every, and then all of a sudden, every ring break, yeah, every yeah. break in rounds, you'll be on the stool, and I'll just be 
I'll be right in your ear. Yeah. Put it on the ground, and son. Then, and then after that, people are going to want to be drug testing me because, like, well, that's the only excuse we can think of. Like, what, what happened well, to Austin Lane? knocked this guy down 13 times yeah. in the fight. We don't and know he why. Stop. He yeah, the ref, stop. the ref tried to come in, but all Austin Lane kept saying was, get it off the ground. So, <laughs> yeah, interesting uh, interesting technique, but we'll, we'll see. Might be uh, something to that there, Stuart. Might be something to that. How much different would five rounds be versus three rounds? If you didn't know, Austin Lane professional MMA fighter, has a fight coming up, not this weekend, but the next out in Tallahassee. Tallahassee, as in, some people are referring it to, I guess. Very true. Yeah. It's been called that. Uh, <laughs> That's what, when I announced my fight, everyone was like, oh, Tallahassee. I'm like, it's that city out right. west. Okay. Because, oh, uh, of course, you're a Florida guy, so. It's in the pan, out in the panhandle. You're a, you're a Gator guy. Yeah. L.A., as it's also known. L.A.? L.A. Okay. Really, you got to go further west to get to L.A. Okay. Pensacola, PCB, uh, that's L.A., which is lower Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll get back to the fight, but I'm going to ask you a question because there's something I'm curious okay, about. Yeah. So I went to school at Murray State, Kentucky. You did, yes. In the, you know, in America's Midwest, if you will. Um, spring break comes around, big destinations, Daytona Beach, yep. Panama City Beach. Yep. I always went to Panama City Beach. Okay. If you go to school in Florida, yeah, and maybe Coos can help me out here, too. Uh, as he's walking out the door, he's gone. He's got to uh, okay. go give away new kids on the block tickets. Oh, righteous! Busy, busy. Very day. righteous. Uh, he's on like nine stations here. So if if you're a Florida kid, yes, in college, yes. What's spring break like looking for you, Mexico, so, or do you just hit up different beaches in Florida? So here's the thing, and it might be because uh, I was a nerd. Didn't I go on spring break. Didn't go on a single okay. one. Yeah. Um, partially though, I really need to ask who's then. Yeah, you got to ask who's. <laughs> yeah. uh, that you know, Flagler College lifestyle, oh, yes. going going to uh, spring break. I was working a lot, um, okay. doing TV stuff, doing broadcasting stuff, and I think I think a big part of it is the fact that growing up in Florida and going to school in Florida, it's a very different feel. Uh, why take a week to go to the beach when I grew up on the beach? Sure, you know, does that make yeah. sense? No, absolutely. Um, so I, I've always thought about whenever people talk about spring break and all these stories, that and that wasn't my scene either. Yeah. I, was, I was never, I was never that guy. Yeah. In in the college days, or really this day. I hear you. Um. So it's like, nah, I never, I never went to Daytona or or Panama City where the grass is green. Yep. And the girls are pretty. Yeah, I was there for two years in Panama City. Pretty fun. Yeah. Is, is there a World Star video of a big fight happening with me in the background? Oh boy. I wasn't associated with it. Not gonna tell you the schools that were associated. But am I in a World Star video in the background? If you look really closely. I just might be, but that's all I'm going to say about that. Okay. But no, it was just—it was a curious question sure, because yeah. I mean, you know, going to school at Murray State. I mean, I had friends that would drive from Wisconsin, meet me halfway at Murray, and then we'd all go down to Florida together. So I was curious to see how the Florida kids got down in college. But it's good to know. Yeah. Just uh, know. just grew up on the beach, so yeah. didn't didn't need to go to the beach. Well, speaking of spring breaks, yes, vacations. Okay. Josh Norman. Ooh. Kind of a I consider him kind of a Renaissance man a little bit. Okay. Um. You know, if you follow his NFL career, his interviews, he always offers some pretty good sound bites and everything. But Josh Norman took it upon himself to travel to Spain. Yep. And you can be more knowledgeable, you know, having been the world traveler that you are, of exactly what went down. But from what I've gathered from his Twitter um, or on Instagram, people saw it there, he ran with the Bulls. Pamplona, Spain. Thank you. Uh the annual tradition of running with the bulls. Really, it's kind of running from the bulls, and then some of them pass you, and then you're running from other bulls. Yeah. It's it's an interesting tradition, mm -hmm. right? Um, it's kind of an adrenaline thing. 
the the possibility of getting gored, yeah. I guess, you know. Mm-hmm. And then they and then they all get into this big arena and they continue to do the bullfighting stuff. Now, have you, have you done this before, or have you I seen have this before? I have not done okay. it. Uh, I've not been there neither. Okay. Um, obviously, I've seen videos of gotcha. running with the bulls, as yeah. most people have. Well, and truth be told, it's kind of barbaric what they do to the bulls, right? Yeah, I mean, the, they kill them and everything. Yeah, yeah, that's less than ideal. Yeah, for sure. I mean, let's be uh, honest. Yeah, it's 2019. Um, yeah. yeah, it's. Yeah. Let's just say it's one of those traditions that might not be one in a hundred years. Fair enough. You know, yeah. if you look at it that way, like horse racing. Mm-hmm. I know Brent's a huge proponent of horse racing. He, you know, he covered it a lot. I don't think that's going to be a thing in a hundred years. Well, we saw that with greyhound racing. So yeah. So to say, and I, I was thinking this the other day, just about the evolution of sport and certainly how things develop, and and we can get into this in more detail later in the show if you want. But just how sports continue to develop, because you you talk about sports like football wasn't around 110 years ago, you know. Mm-hmm. And yet here it is as the biggest thing right now. What's going to be the biggest sport 100 years from now or less, say 50 years from now? I don't know why it was running through my head, but I was just kind of like, I wonder what that's going to be. I wonder wonder how football is going to look. No, true. I I know know that's a huge discussion right now. See, like – yes, it will look different, but I think football is going to always be king. I think football has been king for a long, long time now because I think it's the biggest display – and this is with all due respect to basketball players, but I think it's the biggest showcase of intensity, of speed, athleticism, and intellect. And I think when you combine those things together, I think you have a great product. And let's be honest, maybe a little sprinkle of barbaric stuff. <laughs> See, I mean, well, yeah. people love, I'll be honest, people love violence. There's a reason why the UFC blew up like it did. Right. Because people love to see blood and people love to see the hits. But then does it keep going? Does it keep getting more barbaric and well, more no, violent? It's does been, na- it's does been NASCAR turn barbaric. into death race? No, does Jason no, Statham no, take on Tyrese <laughs> in a death race? Is no, that going to happen? N- not at all. Because, that was a great movie, by the way. A terrific um, movie. Awful, but terrific. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not at all, because if you look at the rules now, I mean... Injuries are the biggest thing, right? Yes. And head trauma is the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. So as opposed to, you know, being a kid in my era where I grew up watching NFL Crunch Course and I, I grew up watching these these videos of like the biggest hits of the year and, you know, they're all narrated by Jim Nance or whoever's narrating them and everything and they got the epic music. I mean, it's like a, a clash of gladiators, you know, and that's what was celebrated. But nowadays in the NFL, you know, you don't see that anymore. It's more about the it's more about the running backs making the cuts, making the long runs. No, uh, no props to Derrick Henry. For the SB mm. nomination let's, last night against the Jaguars, we, we'd prefer not to talk about <laughs> Sorry that. To talk about that. Never happened. But um, but it's more about offense now. It's not so much about the hits. And I think, yeah, maybe 50 years down the line, you might see uh, helmets get taken away or whatever it is. But I still think that it is this sport that can showcase the most things, and that's why football is going to be king. That was a very wild tangent I went on there. No, no, you're all good. But we're talking about Josh Pamplona, Josh uh, Norman, Norman going to Pamplona, yeah. for the running of the Bulls. Well, and here's my question. Yes. So football being the biggest sport, I mean, I think there's no doubt about it, especially yes. in the U.S. I mean, soccer rules the world. It does. But in the U.S., it's football. Um, being a football fan, being a passionate fan, if you're a Washington Redskins fan, how do you feel about Josh Norman, your star corner, doing the running of the Bulls? And be honest, please. Yeah, 
I know some some fans are like, what are you doing? Is there a clause in your contract for this? Well, there probably will be in the future. There's going to be now, yeah. Because he didn't just run. I mean, at the end, he was like jumping over bowls. He, I mean, video if you watch like, the video, he literally jumped up on a railing and jumped over a bull. Yeah, a little, little bull jumping. Yeah. Yeah, no bull. Yeah. <laughs> Did some bull jumping. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know what? Power to him. Really? Yeah, go out there. Do what you want to do. Go enjoy it. Okay, so let's switch it up then. I mean, because I, I get it's kind of hard. I know, to that, I know there's both sides of it because you can always be like, what? What if this was Atlanta Braves? What, what if this was Acuna doing that? Yeah. Would, would you? Would a part of you be like, dude, you can't do that? Beyond I, you, you, yeah, you have I can't. To be. I can't tell another man or woman yes. what to do. No, absolutely. With their lives. That's how I feel. Even even if it's gonna affect my fanhood in the end, my fanhood will always always be secondary to any human being's happiness. I like that. You know? Yeah. Like, that has to be number one, is you take care of you, mm-hmm. you do what is going to make you happy. Yeah. And that that shouldn't have any bearing on how I feel about anything. True. but that, It does, though. But, but you but understand do feel that but, way. But you understand a majority of Redskins fans out there probably have an issue with Josh Norman. And listen, more props to Josh Norman. It, it's not in the contract. If you want to go out there and live be. your life, it will be. <laughs> but I mean, like, for instance, like in my contract... Um, you know, and I'll be honest, I didn't read it all. It's a long contract. That's what your agent's for. So he kind of gave me the brief rundown. And one of the biggest things that I had to decide was my passion for snowboarding because I'm a really yeah. big snowboarder. You got one and right here in the office. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I literally have a snowboard in the middle of Jacksonville, Florida here in the studio for a reason. I yep. love snowboarding. And I took it upon myself that when I played for the Jaguars that I wouldn't snowboard. And you know what? Looking back on it now, one of the biggest regrets in my life because while my other friends were going snowboarding, having a good time, when the season was done, I wasn't doing that because I was worried about getting hurt. And like I said, I regret it to this day, but... At the same time, I mean, if I would have got hurt and then I, you know, have my tail between my legs going back to that stadium saying, I got hurt. How'd you do it? I'd probably lie and say I was, I was in the weight room, but I tripped. Yeah, so. I, I tripped on some, uh, I tripped on 245 pounds on the bench press, yeah, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. But um, it would be a crappy situation. So uh, props to Josh Norman for living life, man. I get that, but there's a fine line. And if you're to get hurt, uh, it comes with big consequences. All right, we're going to come back to this. We're going to discuss what our bucket list exotic sports item would be. I've got a couple written down. I'd love to hear yours. We want to hear everyone else's at home. Chime in on Twitter. You can send one to me at Stuart A.S. Jacks or on the ESPN 690 Facebook page. We know you're watching the live streams there. But coming up next, we're going to switch gears a little bit. The Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp are home. We'll have the voice of the shrimp, Roger Hoover. Joining us, that's coming up on Action Sports Jacks Radio. Action Sports Jacks Radio is back on the air on a wonderful Thursday afternoon. Hope you guys are having as great a day as Austin Lane and myself are. Yeah, it's been a good one so far. I got nothing got nothing bad to say. I, I won the SP's bet and uh the sun is shining. You're reaping the rewards from that oh, SB's victory. Just bathing in them. Just marinating them. I mean, the I rewards. made this lunch for you that you're eating. You sure didn't, but it's okay. A chicken Shout and rice with wife. curry? Good call, man. Yeah. yeah. Nice. nice uh, was that your nose or was that nose. your side? No, I, your nose? I ate it when you were out of the room. You smelt it a little bit, I right? ate a little bit of it. Yeah, it yeah. Quite the palate you have on it's you tasty. there. Very Quite tasty. Quite the palate. Uh, so we're excited about that. It would have been even better if there was shrimp involved. You're not lying. Can't Luckily, roll with shrimp. You really can't, which is great considering they're back in town. The Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp starting tonight at the baseball grounds of Jacksonville. 
And so we bring in the voice of the shrimp, Mr. Roger Hoover. Hoover, how you doing? Doing well, guys. How are you all? Oh, we're doing fantastic. Good. We are having a time here on a Thursday. So you're back in Jacksonville. Uh, Got to be excited to get home and uh, play some games. Yeah, six-game homestand starts tonight against the Mississippi Braves. Obviously, we know there are a lot of Braves fans in the area, and maybe even one of the hosts I'm talking to right now. Uh, so it's a good time to uh, welcome in the Mississippi Braves, and even tonight uh, really has an Atlanta Braves feel to it because Kevin Gosman is here on a major league rehab assignment from Atlanta, and he'll be getting the start tonight as he still works his way back from a foot injury. So it's a really talented Braves team. Uh, Drew Waters and Christian Pache are really two of the better players in the Southern Lake. They're both young outfielders. Pache is only 20 years old. Waters is 20 as well. So they're two of the best players in the league, and they're uh, very young players at this level. So that's exciting on the Braves front. For the Jumbo Shrimp front, they're playing better baseball. Uh, we're seeing a lot of consistent starting pitching uh, from guys like George Guzman, who will also start tonight's ball game, but Sixto Sanchez, the world's top prospect. Edward Cabrera, the number 10 prospect in the organization. I mean, these guys all can throw upwards of 99 to 100 miles per hour. And then they deliver great breaking balls on top of that. And then the offense is starting to click. We're starting to see some big home runs from guys like Riley Mayhan, Billy Fleming. So just the baseball side alone is really exciting for what we have coming up from tonight through Tuesday afternoon. But then you factor in the fact that tonight's a Thursday. And I mean, Budweiser Thirsty Thursday with $1.12 ounce, $2.24 ounce Budweiser products all around the ballpark. And then as well tonight, we're kind of having a lot of fun with calling all captains night. So uh, this is really going to be a terrific night as we're going to salute all the captains you can think of. Captain Kirk, Captain Neil, Captain Jack Sparrow, Captain America, you name it. Uh, That's going to be kind of a fun theme in the ballpark tonight. (laughs) I love it. Okay. uh, Very cool. Who's the captain right now for the shrimp team? Uh, no one really just yet, I would say. Not one of the players. Uh, maybe we can give that to uh, Kevin Randall, who's the manager. Uh, he's really, you know, guiding our ship. So uh, we'd have to go with the manager of the ball club, Kevin Randall. Okay, I, I want to talk about a sad moment for you, Roger Hoover. Uh-oh. No yeah, that sounds yeah, pretty serious. Yeah, yeah. No, we're getting serious okay. here. <laughs> you, you guys I had... I didn't cry yet. Yeah, no, you, you had a, a bit of a sad moment the other day. The final road trip for you at Mobile as they took on the Bay Bears who are, who are leaving. And we'll talk about the new team that was the Bay Bears in a second. But uh, what, what kind of emotions when you got to go to a, a city for the last time? Oh, when you have to go to the league's oldest ballpark for the last time, a place that still uh, they never made an elevator for. So uh, lugging my equipment up uh, three stories was never that enjoyable. And that's also the place where I got a little notoriety last year when the foul ball crashed into the back of my laptop uh, as I was calling the game. And the call of that uh, went a little bit viral. It was viral enough for me to appear on Action Sports Jacks with the great Brent Martineau and Stewart. That's so, you, you know, it was a, a tremendous, a tremendous uh, bit of my personal history there. But, yeah, it was a little odd, and it was almost fitting that the uh, final game there uh, was postponed due to rain because uh, over the years we certainly saw a lot of rain out from one of the rainiest places in the country, Mobile, Alabama. That will not be a problem when you take on the Rocket City Trash Pandas moving forward. <laughs> Can we talk about this? The Rocket City Trash Pandas, just when you think nobody could outdo the Jumbo Shrimp, along come the Trash Pandas. What what has been the overall kind of reaction to this newcomer to the league starting next year? 
I think everybody just kind of has a chuckle, and, you know, it's just it doesn't seem real at first until you actually play a game against them and you kind of see what their ballpark's like. Uh, but that's been the case for years in the Southern League, even going back to when uh, the Montgomery Biscuits really changed the game in the Southern League in terms of, you know, a funny team name. Um, but then, obviously, you know, the Jumbo Shrimp keeps getting more and more mainstream as we go along with the Trash Pandas coming in. Uh, you look at the Eastern League, the Binghamton Rumble Ponies, the Rocky Mountain Vibes, I mean, it's funny what's happened in minor league baseball with some of the team names, but we've certainly enjoyed our success with the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, uh, top 25 in minor league baseball merchandise sales once again. So uh, I think all of it can be a good thing, and it will be uh, very interesting when I'm going to break next year saying, yeah, we're going to the bottom of the fourth. It's the Trash Pandas and the Jumbo Shrimp. <laughs> hey, Roger, it's Austin Land, man. How you doing? Doing great, Austin. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you, too. So, you know, being in minor league baseball, obviously you mentioned some of the crazy nights. For instance, you have the captain night coming up. And since you're on the road, I'm sure you take part and experience a bunch of crazy nights in minor league baseball. From this season alone, what has been the craziest night that you've been a part of so far? Uh, the best, I would say, was when we had our vice night uh, here at the baseball ground. So we had these really cool jerseys. So obviously, we, we were white pants anyway. So we had a jersey made up that made it look like um, lead character Crockett from Miami Vice, you know, the Hawaiian shirt underneath the white blazer. Uh, we had that look for that night, and we also had just these gray ball caps, uh, kind of a tealish color with paint. And then we had the Jumbo Shrimp logo with the white blazer on, you know, with the sleeves pulled up and the shades on. Uh, we had, you know, Miami music all throughout the night, uh, Cuban sandwiches uh, on the concourse. Uh, it was a really fun night. Man. We won. We received a lot of acclaim for that. Plus, our ramen noodle appreciation night gets a lot of <laughs> acclaim from around uh, baseball circles, uh, giving away a, a pillow that looks like a container of ramen noodle. But it's all about jumbo shrimp. We have nutrition facts from the back talking about baseball. So things like that is why we have so much fun each and every night here. Very cool. Nobody else can keep up with the jumbo shrimp, though, can they? No, not at all. Not at all. Let's talk a little uh, Major League Baseball. I'm sure you had a chance to catch a little bit of the All-Star Game, at least highlights when you weren't broadcasting in the Home Run Derby. Uh, what did you think of this this weekend? I'll say weekend. The last couple days, festivities when it comes to the uh, All-Star festivities up in Cleveland. I thought it looked great. Yeah, I think Cleveland was an excellent host uh, for the All-Star Game and the Home Run Derby. Uh, yeah, we are calling a game during the home run derby, so I was having to keep up with that on Twitter and just seeing uh, the stats roll in. But uh, to have two young players at the forefront of that, I think really says a lot about the future of the game. Obviously, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to be a star, and he may very well become the face of baseball in the next few years. So obviously, that mantle right now kind of belongs to Mike Trout, but uh, you look at Vladimir Guerrero Jr., I, the way he plays the game with a smile all the time, and, you know, they've got the locks going, he's got the big chain. Uh, I think he could be really the face of the game in the next few years. And then uh, Pete Alonso, former Florida Gator, certainly put on a good show as well in the final round. But uh, that was a lot of fun to keep up with. And then the All-Star game is just a lot more fun than I think it used to be. I like what Fox does with the in-game interviews with Joe Buck, able to talk to the players. You know, he's able to tell two guys, hey, do get that. And some balls fit in the right field gap. Uh, so I think they've done a really good job with it, and it was fun to see all the uh, Jacksonville alums that played in that game, guys like Christian Yelich, JT Real Muto, uh, Clayton Kershaw, Luis Castillo, and then Brad Hand, who pitched uh, quite a bit as well. So just fun to see some of our guys that we got to know in a Jacksonville uniform, as well as our former manager, Andy Barquette. 
he's on the coaching staff of the Boston Red Sox and was a coach and was got to be part of that. Uh, young Andy Barquette, as we always called him, little Barky, uh, his son, uh, got to be a part of all that as well, too, Isaiah. So, uh, really cool to keep up with that over this past week. We're chatting with Roger Hoover, the voice of the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp and really a Duval County institution, Roger. I wouldn't go that I mean, I would go that far. Uh, we were talking I mean, about. I just the, live in a hotel down by the river. <laughs> it's better than a van down by the river. <laughs> you got that right. Uh, so, Roger, we're talking about the All Star festivities, uh, and you said the Jacksonville ties. Well, a Jacksonville player was there as well, and Sixto Sanchez playing in the MLB Futures game. He is back officially on the roster. They put him on that temporary list so he could go perform in that game, but. Let's talk about Sixto, and he is the Marlins' number one prospect, and it's no surprise. The guy hits triple digits on the gun, and he's a strikeout machine, and people love seeing that. What's it been like to, to call his games this year and to see as he continues to develop? It's been a lot of fun. It has been a lot of fun to see Sixto. Uh, you know, he came in and had such a great debut, getting all these early strikeouts and uh, you know, six strong innings. And then he got hit around a little bit uh, by a couple of teams after that, but he started to really figure it out since then. And that's been fun to see him uh, really be able to subtract a little bit with the fastball because, yes, he can come in at 99 miles per hour, but, you know, a hitter's trained to just swing, you know, a half second earlier than normally swing or just fractions of a second earlier, uh, then good things can really happen for them. So uh, we saw that a little bit, but now he knows how to have a little more touch and feel, and I think he's really starting to pitch more as opposed to throw more, and that's always uh, something big you have to do, especially the double-A level with hitters that are this far advanced. So uh, I have been nothing but impressed with Sixto Sanchez and the fact that we can roll out a pitcher behind him like Edward Cabrera that has a very similar skill set that not a ton of people are talking about. I think that's a tremendous uh, plus for the Marlins organization to have because now you're not just getting one guy that's like that. Here comes another one, and even uh, our manager, Kevin Randall, jokes it's one, two, three, fire with Sixto Sanchez, Edward Cabrera, and George Guzman, who's pitching at night. I mean, it's all you know, top ten prospects in the organization that can all throw 100 miles per hour legit. Chatting with Roger Hoover, play-by-play broadcaster for the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Roger, I have to ask you, uh, uh, and listen, I don't, give, I don't want you to give away all your secrets here, but on the show a couple months ago, me and our producer, Kuz, we, uh, we read a script for the Jumbo Shrimp to be the announcer, you know, to try to welcome people to the ballpark. I did, yeah, yeah. and I lost my voice probably two days later, and, and it was raspy to say the least. I've, I've heard your skills before. I've been, to, uh, you know, I've been to the Jumbo Shrimp game. I've heard you on TV with the SEC Network. You got skills. If you, uh, if you chose to do <laughs> curling... I'll listen to you, man. Uh, you're, you're that good. My question to you is, though, do you have any tips for y- any young upstarts out there that want to get in, in the world of broadcasting, a play-by-play or something like that? What advice do you have for them uh, to try to maintain your voice to be top-notch? Uh, well, the first thing is just uh, find games to uh, announce. You know, reps are really everything. Uh, you know, play-by-play is something that really can't be taught. You can only be learned by doing it uh, over and over again. I, I can't sit you guys down and just say this is exactly what to do because everybody has their own style, their own personality, and really uh, style is personality. So I think it starts with that. Uh, and then my big thing I always tell uh, young broadcasters or people I talk to is just keep it 
simple. You know, you don't, you may feel like, you know, there's dead air. I've got to you know, talk every single second. You don't. I've had to make that adjustment myself over the years. So uh, just really keep it simple. You know, I joke around sometimes with people at the office, like, well, the only thing I've got to do is say the score and say the counts because that's what's most important to people when they're looking <laughs> at the game. So uh, doing that and then just uh, speaking from the diaphragm is, Opposed to the throat, uh, you know, really just take a deep breath uh, with your stomach expanding out, and then just uh, draw from there. That's the only big thing I would say, and just be yourself. That is, uh, no matter what you're doing in uh, any form of broadcasting or entertainment, just be yourself. That's all you really should do. I think you have a great example of that in your own booth, in that you and Scott Kornberg, your associate, deliver two completely different style broadcasts. Uh, yours is obviously very steady, very uh, you know, even keel, but you get excited at these moments and you're very good and descriptive at uh, saying the words. We did have a, a question to our social media earlier this week about, you know, what's the best sport to listen to when you're listening on the radio? And overwhelmingly, people said baseball. And I agreed with them, even though I did do radio soccer play by play. So I tend to think that's pretty high <laughs> on the list, too. But I digress. Um, baseball, baseball was far and away the, the pick. Uh, and, you know, you, you have a completely different style than Scott does, who you can tell he draws on the inspiration of one Vince Scully in just the way he likes to deliver with his games. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, baseball on the radio is just a conversation. That, that's the best part about it. Scott does a wonderful job with the stories he weaves in during the broadcast and, you know, going to the players and getting a lot of good information that way. Uh, it's fun to listen to when he's on play-by-play. I love learning the stories and even, you know, guys on our own team that, you know, I'm like, oh, I never realized they played with this guy in Little League or any connections like that. So, uh, yeah, we try to keep it a, as fun as we can have it on the air. And, uh, you know, baseball is just a conversation. I think why people like baseball on the radio so much is that uh, it's something that you don't have to listen to from start to finish, and we know most of our audience does not listen to the game from start to finish, so that's why you hear me constantly recapping and constantly giving the score, because I know people are going to get in their car, they're going to go to the grocery store, they're going to hear about a half minute, they're going to go to the grocery store, and they're going to wonder what they missed off their inside there. So, and that's something I always keep my mind on as well, but uh, it's always there for you, and that's why I think people love baseball so much, is that uh, it's an everyday sport, and you can kind of invest as much as you want into it that given day as you like. You know, sometimes you'll miss a game, you know, and that's totally fine. So uh, I think that's why people have such a love for baseball on the radio is because it's a conversation. It's not necessarily announcing uh, a game like uh, some other sports like football or basketball. This might feel counterproductive, but we encourage everyone to go see the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp in person and not listen to Roger Hoover. Uh, because you'll be <laughs> yeah, I in, agree. That that's it. We, we want to pack the park, get everybody out there, go see the game. And if you say leave in the seventh, well, then pop on the radio and listen to that's Hoover. That's right. Take it home. Roger, thank you so much for uh, calling in and chiming in as the Jumbo Shrimp are in town the next six nights. Stuart Austin with a long time. Look forward to catching everybody guys more. Thanks again. All right. Thank, thank you, you, Roger. Man. Uh, Roger, by the way, is another one of those extremely hardworking guys. Yeah. Far more than just the voice of the Jumbo Shrimp. Oh, I know. Like I saw, I've seen him on SEC Network before. Also the voice of the Alabama women's basketball team. There you go. Does that for the radio, and you see him on SEC Plus calling, calling TV games all over the SEC. So then does he call Jacksonville home, or does he kind of just go where his career takes? I mean, he's probably just spends a couple t- like months here, a couple months in Alabama or what? Yeah, he. Uh, so when he's here, and we did the story on uh, CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks. We did this uh, about a month ago. Uh, he is in a hotel when he's in Jacksonville. 
The whole time? Yes. And, and they obviously put him up in the hotel. Yes. Yeah. He's also in a hotel when he's on the road. Wow. So the entirety of the minor league baseball season, he is, staying, he is staying in a hotel. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, it's not for everybody, but you can tell the guy loves what he what he's doing because he's very talented at it. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to take some of his notes that he gave us. Okay. And I'm going to use them to the best of my abilities. What was the number one thing you got from him? The diaphragm, uh, right? Well, yeah, the diaphragm is a big and... one. Uh, being yourself, no problem there. Sure, style, yeah. no, no problem there. There's so, plenty uh, of style. Hey, ESPN 690, I think next year for the home run derby. Give me a call. I'll I'll be ready. We're, we'll have you do our own home run derby. Okay. Brent can't compete in it. That's the only thing. It Why would, is that? Because it would irk him so much for them to be a home run derby and him not be in it. Oh, okay. He is the derby champ, after all. Well, he was a derby champ two years ago, right? He was. Didn't he lose it this past season? The last two seasons he's lost it. Oh, wow. But the trophy's still in here. It's still are, in here. Are we supposed to like defend that trophy if someone tries to come take it? No, if anybody wants well, he it, hasn't they can just earned, come Okay, because he hasn't earned it, right? Like Someone else deserves that trophy now. It's not his trophy anymore. So do they make a new giant trophy every year? Because this is just the one hey, year's worth. If, if they do, aggressive. Because that is a big, big trophy for a charity home run event. That should be like the traveling trophy, and you get like a certificate That's or something that says we, you won. We won like the State Little League World Series in Wisconsin, and we got like this. Yeah. Like, it, was, it was like... As tall as a computer screen, and not a big one. Spoiler yeah. alert. So yeah, whatever. Well, there you go. Yeah. All right, let's. Uh, we're gonna jump back into the Josh Norman running with the Bulls. What is your exotic sports bucket list item? We'll discuss ours. We'd love to hear from you. Star Star Six Ninety, or chime in on Twitter or Facebook or YouTube. Kuz is watching them all. He's looking for your answers. Everybody, chime in. We'll discuss that next on ESPN 690. Running with the Bulls. Austin Lane, would you run with the Bulls? Um, you want my honest opinion? Yeah. If it happened in Jacksonville, yes, I would. Okay. Spain might be, I don't know. I- I'll be honest with you. I'm not the biggest so, world traveler. Oh, go ahead, Coos. What's up? No, I'm just trying to... Are you, are you trying to see where I'm coming from? You, well, hold I'm, on. I'm going to explain in a second. Okay, because you won't go in the ocean... Where there's a shark, potentially, but you'll get on a street where there's definitely a bull. Do you know why, though? Bull. Because I can see the bulls coming. <laughs> I, I don't think it's so much of the sharks. It's the fear of the unknown. Okay. It's knowing that there's stuff below me. That freaks me out. Okay. So, yeah, bring on the bulls. But I would want to do it in the States because I'm not the biggest world traveler. And maybe you can blame the movie Hostel and Hostel Part 2 because for whatever reason, I have no motivation to go to Europe to go to, you know, South America or even Australia just because, I don't know, I feel like I stuck out as it is. like. But you can go to Norway? I've never been to Norway. Okay. I mean, yeah, it would be cool to see my like, some, some extended family and stuff. You'd still stick out there. But I would definitely stick out, and I don't like being the center of attention like that. So, And plus, well, once again, hostile Something I've, part two. something I've never said have, in my have, life. Have you ever seen Hostel and Hostel Part 2? No, I would. Because you know what I'm talking about, Hostel? I know oh, what okay. they're about. But you know what they're I, about, right? Yeah, I would I yeah, don't watch Basically, those. spoiler alert, uh, some you know college kids go travel Europe. Don't stay in hostels. And uh, they stay in some hostels and things don't go, go well. <laughs> you know what? They don't go good for them. Yeah, Let's just okay. say that. So right. that kind of uh, ruined traveling for me. Okay. That and being six foot six with dreadlocks and a bushy beard, too. Yeah. Yeah. So... No such issues over here. Yeah, uh, so I would definitely, to answer your question, yes, I would run with the Bulls. Okay. Yeah. If it was in Jacksonville. Or uh, anywhere. Okay, anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. 
right. What about I, running I, with the bulldogs? Wasn't that a thing, or was that it a was, commercial? It was, it was a commercial. It was a great commercial, and one I particularly enjoyed because I have one. Have you seen the running with the bulls where they have people on roller skates and rollerblades? No. They, they've done this in Tampa and Orlando. I know my friend did it. Basically, it's like a running with the bulls, but instead of real bulls, it's people on skates, and they have like things that poke you. Okay. So you have to avoid. Hey, not as cool. No. But um, whatever, I guess, you right? You lose the adrenaline from yeah. it. But would you do it? I probably would. Okay. I feel like I'm fast enough that I could just outrun them. I know the, but the funny thing is, it's not like you're fully running as fast as you can to get away from them. No. You're kind of doing like a half run. You're like, woohoo, there's a bull behind me. Yeah. Let me run a little faster. Yeah. You know, so that's the sound uh, bull runners make, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, fair enough. I'll that's the voice of all people that run from bulls. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, why not? Um, so I, I'd probably do it. Yeah, why not? Would you be sober when you did this? Yes. I Absolutely would. I I would no. I would need to be sober so no. I'd have all my see, wits and senses about see, me. See, and that, that's what I love because if me and you and Kuz decided to do it and you're stone cold sober, you know maybe I'm rolling three or four beers deep, okay. doing good. I need a little bit of liquid courage in me right. just to kind of blur the moral compass a little bit because if it comes down to it and I sense a bull is running behind us. I will push you into that bull, and I will get off to the side, and I will, uh, you know, go from there. I'm, I'm not getting taken out, okay. and I like my chances. All right. So just saying. I like it. Yeah. So we posed the question, what exotic sporting event would you participate in? Which one would you do? Uh, obviously, we would both apparently do running with the bulls. For sure. We're trying to think of some other things that we would do. Yeah. I came up with one. I had a list of other things, but then I kind of realized it didn't really answer the question. It was more kind of a sporting event bucket list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, when you think bucket list, you throw a couple extra things on there. Something I would love to do, which is not your normal thing, I would love to do, like, the luge. Like, where you hop on that sled yeah. and you just go, like, at a super high speed. I know what you're talking about. The luge. I'm trying I, to think if I would want to do that. I just feel like that'd be, that'd be fun. What about Dangerous. This, skeleton? Skeleton, maybe so not. So for those people at home. <laughs> skeleton's head first. The skeleton is head first. Who who thought of, hey, you know what? The lose just isn't extreme enough. Sure, we can go 90 miles per hour in the Olympics, but let's go head first and see what I happens. I think it accidentally happened. Like, he was trying to land on his luge, and he yeah. landed face first instead. And he's it's like, like, oh, God, fun. hold on. Here yeah. we go. Yeah, okay. Uh, lose is going to be debatable for me. Okay. Bobsled for sure, because I can just ride in the back and buy sure, my own business. Sure, and then someone else is doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to steer. Like, dude, you're asking a lot of yourself here. You yeah. realize that, right? Well, we're we're purely dealing in hypotheticals here, oh, cool. so of course I, I have no problem doing that. I think it. I think See, but be... I'm the type of guy where I say I'm going to do something, and then eventually I'm going to do it. Okay. So, like, I just think it'd be pretty cool. Okay. I got you, luge. Yeah. Uh, let's hear, let's hear another one. So, the luge would be awesome. I w- I would love to go play some link style golf in like Scotland. You're gonna have to fill me in. The the courses there are just uh, insane, oh, okay. uh, but they're all wide open. Extreme though, and you'll see it in like the seventy mile per hour wind and rain, which okay. people play in quite often over there. Okay, and it gets pretty intense. Obviously, you're losing golf balls left and right. I do that anyways, um, <laughs> and that's always the conditions you want to see at the Open Championship starting yeah. starting next week. By the way, at mm-hmm. Royal Portrush. Um, so I think that'd be really cool. That'd be a fun, random, exotic one. We just uh, combined the words extreme with golf. Only on ESPN 690. Exotic. Radio, I said exotic. Sorry, more than exotic. Extreme. I mean, yeah, okay, I got you. Yeah, it dif- you know, different. Something different. you can't do Alternative. every day. Alternative. Yeah. Yeah. Extreme would, yeah, that would not be extreme. Nah. 
but it certainly would be exotic. Running with the Bulls is extreme. The Luge, extreme. There's a lot of things. I'd love, I'd love to see some crazy, you know, people doing crazy things yeah. as a spectator. Yeah, like doing something crazy and have to like this smack open a Red Bull quick and like promote it. Yeah, like crazy go, stuff. Like to go go witness the the Isle of Man where they're riding motorcycles over there in the UK at mm-hmm. high speeds through cities. You know, that'd be pretty awesome to now see. Now we're talking. My extreme. I wouldn't want to do it though. I wouldn't want to hop on the motorcycle and do it. My my alternative extreme um, thing. Well, I have a couple of them, but the one that sticks out to me is one I tried to do. And ended up weighing a little too much and uh, tried to cut the weight and unfortunately didn't work too well. That's going to be a little tease. And I'll tell All you right, about yeah, the story. Yeah, we got the extreme music starting uh, up, so you're going to exactly, have to hold of, it. Of me at a bachelor party who couldn't participate. And okay. we'll get into that during the next segment here. I like it. On ESPN 690. We are back and Team ESPN 690 is down to go to Spain for the running of the Bulls. If they bring the Bulls to Jacksonville for yeah. Austin. Yeah, he doesn't uh, want to go to Spain. Yeah, I'm going to need you to bring those Bulls over here. Okay. We'll, we'll set them up, uh, you know, downtown Jacksonville, and then we'll run them into the stadium. Coos, would you... We're uh, going to kill them. We're just going to put them in their cages, and they can send them yeah, back. Yeah, they go all along their yeah. merry way. Coos, would you have done the, the running of the Bulls? Probably not. No? Really? I don't think I'd be able to do that. Couldn't run fast enough? No. More <laughs> that, I'm just really... Mentally subs- or physically, yeah. I'm really susceptible to tripping and uh-huh. bumping into things, so I could just see that going very horribly wrong for me. <laughs> okay. That's. I mean, the way I look at it, you don't have to be faster than the bull, you just got to be faster than coos. You have to be faster than the slowest person. And it's not yep. even being fast. It's just don't trip on something, which is yeah. when I am not supposed to trip on something, that's when there's a real good chance I'm gonna. Do you wear like rollerblades for the running the bulls? It's probably frowned upon. <laughs> I might do that if I ever do it. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> but um, I, I, I gave a little tease, yeah. or a big tease, about one of the things that... I would do because you know I'm I'm kind of a thrill seeker, sure. right? Like I I, mean, I enjoy you get punched in the face for a I living. enjoy getting punched in the face and punching people back in the face for money. It's fun. It's an experience. And another experience that I've always wanted to do is skydiving. And uh, my friend Donovan had a bachelor party in New Orleans, excuse me, where he's from. And the goal was we got there on Friday and we were going to go on Saturday morning. Cool. So we called to make the reservations. We had it all set up, and the lady goes, there's nobody that weighs over 240 pounds, is there? And everyone's like, oh, Lane. And so the lady wanted to talk to me, so I explained to her, like, yeah, I'm too, at the time, probably 255, 256 pounds. And she's like, yeah, you're not going to be able to go. She's like, you can wait on the ground for everybody, which, hey, might be the worst thing ever. Like, That's yeah, pretty lame. I'm just going to watch everybody on the ground while they have the time of their lives. No, and I'm just sitting here with the camcorder like a like an idiot. No, absolutely not. So I try to talk her into, well, I've never been a wrestler, you know, and this is at the time I'm playing football still. I'm like, I've never been a wrestler, but could I cut, you know, 12 to 13 pounds in a night, show up maybe three or four pounds overweight, and could I still go skydiving? And she goes, is that really something you want to risk? Is your weight with skydiving? I go, yeah, you're probably right. So um, we thought about cutting the weight, but it didn't happen. So I had to miss out on skydiving while everybody else went. And I just kind of chilled back. But actually, the guys, the guy whose bachelor party it was didn't go either because his wife wasn't having it. So it was me and him that got to stay back. And it was his bachelor party. Wait, so he didn't even go to it? It was didn't his even go party? To it. it was his party. And everybody dipped. Or everyone Every, dipped everybody and went, went to do it. Besides me and him, yeah. 
and he tried to come up with an excuse where he felt bad because I was staying behind. I'm like, oh no, don't don't lie. You're scared, and you want, and your wife said you couldn't go. But it's all good. Wow. So some a, bachelor party, right? That's crazy. Well, it wasn't even his wife at that point. So fiance. Wow. Yeah. But for sure, skydiving something I want to do. It's um, up there for me. Yeah. I, I tried to go zip lining uh, in St. Augustine over alligators, and they said no because I weighed too much again. So, dude, like when I'm done fighting and I cut like 30 pounds, there's gonna be a lot of zip lining and skydiving in my future. What are you at right now? 240. 240. So yeah. right at 240. So realistically, so I'm skydiving right now. In New Orleans, I'm not sure yeah, how I don't the, know what it is here. What the qualifications are here in Jacksonville, but uh, yeah, skydiving is a big one. I think, um, believe it or not, cage diving. Uh, like with sharks would be another one because I'm in a cage and if I'm underwater, I can see what's coming at me. So I do dislike the ocean, but if I'm in a cage, I'm all good. You heard it here first. Austin Lane's next fight going to be with someone named, nicknamed the shark. Yeah, even that. Me and Greg then Norman. Would be in a cage me, with the shark. Me and Greg Norman. I'm, I'm going to okay. call him out after my next fight. I'm going to get on the microphone. I'll, a, I'll a Justin Bieber, Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to call, call out Greg a much Norman. older than you guy that you could beat up. Yep. I'm going to talk smack about Greg Norman. I always thought he was overrated. Um, you know, we in the Action Sports Jacks department are not a fan of Greg Norman. Seriously? Seriously. I'm going to be honest. I think Greg Norman's awesome, but why? So, if you've heard, you've heard it on our broadcasts, and you've heard it on here and, and seen it on TV when we have people do what's the, called an ID. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm da-da-da-da-da, sure. this is Action Sports Jacks. So our fearless leader who normally sits in this seat right here, one Brent Martineau, uh, was at a golf event, did an interview with Greg Norman, asked him to do an ID. Simple, easy task. Yeah. He, he said yes, but he gave him sass as he was doing it. Like how? Like, so <laughs> I have video. I can show you it later. Oh, I can't wait. Essentially, um, he gets ready to go and he goes, I'm Greg. No-, and then he goes into it just sure. to, like that. <sighs> Dude, because you don't tell the shark what to do. You just don't do it, man. Ha- have you seen him on Twitter or Instagram? Have you seen the stuff that he's been up to? Then they just say, then just say no and say no. Thank yeah, you. I hear you. If you're well, going gonna to do it. And, and Brett Martin, the nicest man alive. Oh, he was mad. He wasn't mad, but you know he wasn't like a TMZ photographer going up to Greg Norman and being like, hey, man, hey, man, you want to do an ID for us? Yeah. He wasn't doing a TMZ style. He had just conducted an interview. He had just covered a charity event for the man. And, you know, it's it's fair play. I've been turned down for an ID before. Mm -hmm. People have said no. And, you know, sometimes, you know, for like a second, it, it, you know, it hangs in your crawl and you're like, huh. They said no. Dang it. Yeah. It's such an easy thing to do. Why no, would they say is. no? I always feel awkward when I ask people to do it. Yeah. Like, well, the Super Bowl was my first experience, and I had to ask uh, Deontay Wilder and Diamond Dallas Page. It's awkward to me, man. I'm like, here, can you read this for us, please? Like, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I'm sure I'll get used to it later. You will. Yeah. Because we'll, we'll keep doing it. Also, uh, other alternative slash extreme slash um, exotic. exotic things you want to do. Yes. Got anything else on that list? I mean, I'd love to go to the Grand Prix of Monaco and the Indy 500 and the Coke 600 in the same day. I feel like that would be one heck of a journey. Monaco alone is going to cost you some money, though. I'm I'm in a world of no money in this. Okay, point. I was going to say like, like me and Tony, Bill, me and Bill me and, Gates could do like t- Tony Khan would do that. That's what I was going to say. I'd go okay. with him. So yeah. if Tony Khan did that, he would come back from that whole excursion and be like, "Ooh, that's uh, that was that was a steep uh, that was a steep price." Yeah. Like. You're going to take a hit. Yeah. That's pricey. Dude, Monaco is like the who's who, I feel like, of 
people there. That are, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I've been to Monaco, but oh, I haven't okay. been during the but race. You haven't been to the race? Yeah, I want to. Yeah. I'd love to go to the race. I mean, like um, unless your name's Louis Vuitton or Ralph Lauren. It looked really cool. It's cost you the, the race looked really exciting in Iron Man 2. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I know. Good call. Yeah. Great movie. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you always see the drivers, because people have done the double, where they've driven in both races, the Indy 500 and the Coke 600. Sure. Let's do the triple, folks. Let's think ambitiously. I know there's that whole ocean thing that's a minor detail. The triple but, crown. You know, let's do it. Triple crown. I Why like not? it. Well, when we get back... Just do a little balling and falling. Yeah, I like that. And the happy hour horn's coming, too. Happy hour horn's coming. Almost Almost five maybe, I'll a, maybe I'll have an impression today. We'll see what happens. Oh. I'm feeling like froggy. It. All right, that's next on ESPN 690. We are back on a Thursday, entering the final hour of today's show. Action Sports Jacks Radio on ESPN 690. Stuart Weber here. Often Lane there, as in right next to me. Talking some sports. Talking some sports. Talking some bucket list ideas for exotic things we want to do. In the world of sports. We talked ESPYs. Yeah. We talked fashion in the world of sports. I mean, as long as everything can be tied to, it to the sports and, and umbrella. You know what? It, it doesn't even have to. We're all good. I know, right? Yeah. That's the joy of this job. What are your plans this weekend? You know, we, we can go there. We can talk about the weather. I mean, we can talk about anything, really. I'm going to go to work. We have the keys. But I do. We have the, the keys. We can, we can drive wherever we want. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yep. In the company car. Yep. You know what time it is? It's 5.02. Why, 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 why do you ask? Feeling a little thirsty. Oh, you mean a thirsty Thursday? It is thirsty Thursday. Ah, a little happy hour horn. So I'm going to hand off the reins to Stuart Weber today. I said I was going to do an impression. I'm sure people are, are sick and tired of my Tim Kirchin. So I'm going to hand the reins off to Stuart Weber. And let's hear your Kermit the Frog impression, please. This, that, it's a terrible idea. But I know. Well, you shouldn't have said anything. Hmm. Buy a shot. No, it wasn't. Buy a drink. Hmm. Grab, grab, a, a, yep. grab a drink. Yep. Grab a shot. Yep. And and take your start then. <laughs> not bad. You know, I'm not upset with that. Pee Wee Herman? Yeah, no, that wasn't that great. That was crazy. Pee Wee mm. Herman or Kermit the Frog? It's close, but... The, usually the only drink that uh, Kermit grabs is a cup of tea. Good good call. I like As that. As he sips it. Yes. Unless he's, of course, getting some Vita <laughs> de Louis tequila. A locally, a locally owned tequila right here in Jacksonville, made in tequila, Mexico, and then shipped directly to beautiful Jacksonville Beach. Make your own recipes with Vita de Louis tequila, the smoothest tequila you will ever taste. For locations, recipes, and merchandise, visit VitaDeLouis.com. And be sure to drink responsibly. That was a Martino-esque segue right there, Stuart. Nicely done. I, Brent would be proud of you. I do, I do love a good segue. Yeah. I've never been on one, though. What do you mean? Oh, like, ah. That's that kind of segue. I just did a segue about yeah. segues. I can't say I've been on a segue either. But we've like been on scooters, though. I think we just inceptioned a segue yeah. there. Well, we, 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 we've inceptioned the segue. But we have been on scooters, and those were fun in Atlanta. Yeah, scoot life. Scoot life was real. Scoot life was real, and one would say, balling? Yeah, I, one would one would say that. Uh, by the way, they I believe they passed like ordinances for that to be able to come to Jack's Beach. Um, if, yeah. I, if I saw that correctly, yeah, I saw that as well. Yeah, I, I am all about the scoot life, as you know. 
I don't know how it would work I'm wondering there. how it's going to work. In, well, you know how crazy it is for the 4th. Yeah. With people riding bikes. Bic- bicycles, yeah. Yeah, bicycles. Go ahead and throw some scooters in the mix and see what happens. Oh, Spoiler alert. Anarchy. It's going to be worse than hostile. Anarchy. Okay? It's going to freak you out more than hostile did for me. So take it for what you want. But it'll be interesting to see what happens with the scooters. Yeah. But speaking of balling, yeah, we'll let's, get let's a little balling and falling here. Balling and falling. It's a trademark of the show. Coos, Stewart, question for you guys. Yes. Do you think if the NFL called you, an NFL team called you eight days before a mini camp started, and the last time you played football was in high school, could you do enough to make the team? No. Coos? Definitely not. Okay, thank you for your honesty. Well, it happened to 24-year-old Austin Drugsma. The 6'4", 345-pound Drugsma was a former shot putter and finished fourth at the indoor championships who had a short stint training for the Olympics at Florida State University. He got a phone call from the New York Giants asking if he would be interested in trying out for the team during the spring. He had two things going in his favor. He had the size, and his medical history was clear. So New York took a gamble on him. Well, with eight days to go, Drugsma called up some teammates or some Florida State former players, um, asked him to put him through some drills and everything. He did that, and guess what? Made the team. So now Austin Drugsma, uh, a 24-year-old who his last time playing ball was in high school, is now on the mission to make the New York Giants. Pretty cool story. That's a really cool story. Yeah, and I had no idea until I, I kind of was doing a deep dive today. Okay. I can't believe that's not bigger news, but yeah. That dude's balling. Keep an eye on Dr- Austin Drugsma. All right. Check him out. Beautiful. Uh, of course, Wimbledon's going on right now. Yes. Um, we, we discussed a little bit of the tennis yesterday. Uh, Serena Williams moving mm-hmm. on to the final where she will face Simona Halep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Halep not loved by the Americans because she knocked out Coco. Check out Coco Golf. Yeah. Uh, perhaps one of the biggest sensations at Wimbledon since Malavia, Washington. Way back when in 1996, of course, made that run all the way to the finals. Lost to the Dutchman, Richard Krajicek. Um, Mal Washington, of course, now is here in Jacksonville. Of course. Uh, and he, really his youth foundation, is balling. They received a $15,000 grant to support the organization's youth tennis and education programming. Awesome. And every single grant that goes to them, and they get a bunch of them because they deserve them, mm-hmm. is fantastic. The number of success stories that the Mal Washington Foundation has had, it's countless. You've got the, these kids that, that need something to do. They need this outlet, and the foundation gives them that because of grants like this. So Mal Washington and the Youth Foundation – Balling. That's great news. And Mel Washington, a guy who's been a friend of the show, has called in before, and we've chatted with him about his foundation. Yeah, I mean, I encourage everybody to kind of, if you want to go online, check it out. It's a really cool thing in the, in the city of Jacksonville here, helping out a lot of young kids. MelWashington.com. Very cool. Where you can check that out. Uh, and as far as the men, have the men competed yet for the semifinals? That'll be tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. Because can, can you name the fourth one, the fourth member of the semifinals, uh, without looking at it? Roberto Batista... Agut. There you go. I saw you looking at the monitor as you, you know said it. You know why I was looking so at the monitor? Why is that? Because guess who's falling today? Who's falling? Roberto Batista Agut. Okay. Let me explain, though. Please do. Because I had him falling yesterday, so I'm curious to see why you have him falling bachelor today. Bachelor parties, Stuart. It's oh, because boy. of bachelor parties. Do you know, what, you know where I'm going with this? He was not able to go skydiving. Yes. Yeah, so, 
Have you ever heard of the future groom missing his own bachelor party? I have not. But and I, even if your wedding gets called off before, I feel like as a, as a dude, you still want to do your bachelor party because it's a win-win either way, right? Like either you celebrate because you're not getting married and you're bummed, but you're still with your boys. Or you are getting married and it's really cool, but it's still one last thing with your boys. You can't yeah. lose. Can't. But... Roberto Batista Agut is missing his own bachelor party because, well, some pretty poor planning. It turns out that he planned his party for this week, but obviously he is playing Wimbledon in the semifinals, so he cannot attend even though his friends are partying without him right now as we speak in Spain. Uh, what does it say about your confidence level if you're a professional tennis player? And you know, Wimbledon is coming up, the biggest tennis tournament in the world. And you decide to be like, yeah, you know what? Nah, let's just go ahead and schedule that bachelor party during Wimbledon because, you know, it's me. <laughs> that is poor planning. Poor planning. Uh, and you know what? A poor confidence of yourself, too, I think. Yeah. When when the best man sent him over a message and said, hey, what, what dates don't work? How does the entirety of the tournament of Wimbledon not stick out in yeah. what you're saying to the guy said i just do it around semifinals i'll be i'll be good by then granted he'd never made a semifinal in a major tournament but you got to expect that this is and he's not like some scrub now yeah he's like the 23rd i think seed in the tournament how do you do that how do Poor you planning that's but I, well hey needless to say though with the amount of money he's about to make even if he does lose tomorrow uh i'm sure he, he can plan a new one and he'll be just fine and you said, so his friends are all out doing it right now? So, yeah, so his friends are in Spain, maybe running with the Bulls with uh, with Josh Norman. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, they're in Spain having a good time without him. Okay. So there you go. You're, you're fallen, sir. My fallen is CONCACAF. Oh, okay. Before we get into it, yep. don't offend anybody. Okay. Don't talk bad about anybody because I'm afraid that we're going to have people here in all black come in and take over the show and shut us down. Okay. Okay. Please proceed. CONCACAF. CONCACAF. Is fallen. They have once again changed the format for World Cup qualifying. They have altered it to essentially, it's it's just so convoluted. Mm -hmm. It's so very difficult to understand what in the heck is even going on now. And essentially they've they've made it easier for the USA and Mexico to make it to the World Cup. Fantastic news. Great news. That's what the USA needs. It's good for the U.S. I don't like it for the other countries in CONCACAF who now have less of a chance. So essentially what they're doing is the top six teams in the world rankings will now go straight to what's called the HEX. Okay. The HEX is a, a qualifying thing with six teams. Hexagon, HEX six. Got it. Got it. Um, Three of those teams will move on straight to the World Cup. So three of those six teams will move straight on. For everybody else, 7 to 35, you're all competing against each other for one spot to compete against another nation for one spot in the World Cup. Normally, everyone would have to go through the same route to get to this hex and then to be able to get those guaranteed spots. Okay. So now what they're doing is they're saying... And I get that there's some pros to it, and people in the U.S. are obviously excited. But if you're a team that's the seventh best team in CONCACAF, you're you're being put at such a disadvantage to be able to go to the World Cup. I don't like it. I don't like it. Okay. 
I know the U.S. Fingers crossed, the U.S. will never be the sixth best team in that scenario. Okay. Or the seventh best team, excuse me, in that scenario. It's going to hurt them. It's going to hurt them. But right now, since they're on the outside looking in, there is it no benefits s- them. There is no scenario where we should ever be the seventh ranked team in CONCACAF. Okay. I got you. But right now, it's good for the USA. It's good. So I'm I'm all for CONCACAF. <clears throat> all right. Well, I, yeah. I think they're falling because it's, it's, I don't like it. I don't okay. like it. Well, and th- thank you for being respectful towards CONCACAF. No, you, you, you made your point. They have once again CONCACAFed the situation. They're okay. And I guess that's a that's a term that we've been using on the show lately. It's a real term. It's it's a real term. I don't stand by it. I don't want to get in trouble, but it's a real term. So. You sound like uh, CONCACAF's putting some money in your pocket. The no, way, the way I'm you just, keep defending hey, CONCACAF. I'm just trying to not get shut down by CONCACAF. I'm trying to keep putting money in my pocket. They don't have that kind of that kind of influence. You said they're shutting people down. Not us. We're ESPN Yet? 690. We got coos back there. They can't get by coos. They're asking me to play some oh, of that no. music get you guys oh, out. Oh, no. <laughs> CONCACAF, no. Coos is an insider. I knew it all along. Come on. All right, we'll keep we'll keep hopefully talking next if they didn't shut us down. We'll see. We'll see. So like that's an ID, Kevin Hardy saying this is Action Sports Jacks. Greg Norman, uh, not as cooperative in that regard when we asked for one many years ago. Because he's the shark, man. You have to understand who you're dealing with here. You have to know your audience. You have to know the people that you're around. Read, read the room. I wasn't. In, I wasn't in the room, and it was at a, a driving range. So I got you. I don't know. I, they, still, I still think Greg Norman's the man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's just, cool. Sorry. I, I don't well, know. we uh, we took advantage of that ID, and we still use it to this very day on the TV side. And what is my favorite ID, by the way? Oh, so you still saying it after all these years? Yeah, well. So it was it was the old name of our show, which used to be Action Sports 360. Mm-hmm. And when we made that move, we lost so many really good IDs because it's always, you know, you're watching Action Sports 360. Well, I can't use those anymore, and I can't edit them to work for our current Action Sports Jacks mantra. So, like, we lost one of Carlton from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Okay. Uh, Mr. Belding. We lost that one. Yeah. Like, we had a bunch of really good ones that are now gone forever. Um, because I can't, it says Action Sports 360. 360. So gotcha. unfortunate. Um, a little behind the scene, a little behind the, the curtain of the yeah. business. Uh, the, the Norman one, however, we always kept the long form clean version of it on the back end of it. So what we have is before he does it, the, the exasperated sigh that leads into it mm-hmm. where he was just upset about having to do an ID. Could have yeah. just said no. Yeah. Right. Um, so. You know, it'll go through our normal graphic. Pops up with his face. He goes, "My name is," and then it goes, "John Cena." I did the John Cena oh, to it. Oh, nice! It's tremendous. John Cena. I John Cena him. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Because we have a John Cena ID yeah. where he says, "This is Action Sports Jacks." Yeah. Do Do I know what really gives me an exact exaggerated breath? Is that what the word was? Exasperated. Exasperated sigh. Breath? The exasperated sigh. <sighs> that one. Yeah. The NCAA. Okay. They're at it again. Listeners right now are like, what is going on on my radio? I know. They're they're at it again. Yes. And if you've been listening to the show at all, you know I'm probably not the biggest NCAA fan. Correct. Okay. 
Um, I think that the student athletes should get paid. I think that their names should be licensed, and I think that they should have an opportunity to make money at the sport that they play because, at the end of the day, they're bringing a lot of money to those universities. And I think licensing the name would be the easiest thing. And California is trying to uh, approve a bill to do that right now, so there's progress going on. I'm not going to get into that whole thing again. We've done it before on this show. But now the latest out with the NCAA is regarding Tennessee head coach Jamie Pruitt. Uh, he recently sent out a tweet congratula- congratulating his alma mater in high school, Plainview, Plainview, I'm sorry, in Rainsville, Alabama. And he basically just said, congratulations on winning a state title. And this wasn't football. This was basketball. And the NCAA got word of it. And now guess what? The University of Tennessee is under investigation. Stuart, your thoughts, because I think you already know what my thoughts are going to be here coming up. So, yeah, the the reason why was because he named the school and he named the coach, mm-hmm. uh, which are two no-nos. You're not supposed to do that because it can be viewed as you uh, propping up one high school, which then can be viewed as, oh, I'm trying to get this recruit in. Obviously, it's a stupid rule. The guy's just on Twitter saying, way to go, my old school. The guy's literally just being proud of his alma mater, I think. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any other intentions towards it. No, and and I get that, but know the rules. Got to know the rules. The rules that you live by as a NCAA Division One coach, as messed up as they are and as weird as they are, what is it? Herm Edwards always said, uh, read it before you hit send or you know, don't yeah. hit send. yeah. Read it, and you you always have to think of it in that way. Now, granted, this is what we, you would call a level three violation, which is a very minor violation. By the way, uh, Tennessee reported nine level three violations in this most recent one. Yeah. So this was just one of nine violations they no, reported. For sure. But so here's the thing, though. You say know the rules. Yes. Pretty big rule book. Agreed. The rule book's too big. I mean, do you want There's them to go through rules. the whole thing and be like, all right, chapter 9, section 237, you can't tweet about your alma mater in high school and use the head coach's name in terms of a sport that you don't even coach in college, but you still can't do that. They're expecting Thanks, their, NCAA. They're expecting their student-athletes to read these these sort of things. Where do you think this came from? But no, no, let me ask you this question, though. Yes. Where do you think this came from in terms of do you think an NCAA executive was following – uh, Jamie Pruitt on Twitter and said, oh, yeah, that's that definitely violates the, the article right there, hands down. No, I'm sure what happened was uh, a rival school, like your Florida Gators or somebody, saw it happen and snitched on him. Now, because wh- why else would, would we? And the, OK, he's violating a rule. Dumb rule, first of all. OK, texting your arm all the modern congratulations of winning a basketball state championship. Dumb rule. Okay, it happened. Well, who snitched? And I guarantee this was from a different university than SEC. I, I put money on it. So uh, it's self self reported violations. He, he reported him. He snitched on himself. Tennessee Tennessee puts in their own violations. So he snitched on himself. It was a member of the compliance department saw the tweet. Yes. The tweet was deleted 37 minutes after he posted it. So they took it right down. But you still have to send it in as part of the deal, which, by the way, they sent probably a a sheet of paper that says what the rules are to Pruitt, and then the SEC and NCAA took no further action. Gotcha. That was it. Yeah. 
It's over. Good. By the way, of the other eight uh, violations. Yeah, let's let's hear these gems. I, got, I can't wait. I got one of them here for you. Uh, the swim team committed a, viol- a violation when a team member paid the $12 bowling fees for a prospect during an unofficial visit. Yep, there you go. 12 bucks. The team, the prospect had to repay the $12. The team received recruiting penalties. See, to <laughs> me, and listen, I didn't want to get into the topic of paying athletes, but now I'm getting into the topic because we're talking about these stupid rules, these things that don't even make a difference in the long run that the NCAA is so hell-bent on, quote-unquote, shutting down for the betterment of the sport. You want to talk about the betterment of the sport? How about you pay the student-athletes? How about you pay the kids that have to work two summer jobs just to afford food and stuff like that to go to school? Because people want to think, oh, yeah, these kids are on scholarship. That's all they get. I got a newsflash for you. Yes, you get a stipend, and you may get free meals and things like that, and there are other perks. But in the summertime, you're not making any money. And unless you come from a family of means, it's hard to make a living as a college kid being a student athlete. And the funny thing is it's it's difficult to get those jobs because everything is so scrutinized where, you know, is this employer only giving you this benefit? That's the word, right? Benefit. Because you're a member of the athletics, because you're a member of a team at this university that I like to support. And so it's. It's a weird. It's a. It's not in a good spot right now. NCAA college athletics. Well, I don't think the NCAA has been in a good spot for a long yeah, time. Well, yeah. You know, it continues and, to not be in a good well, spot. Yeah, and and until you start taking initiative, talking to NCAA. I mean, if I'm looking at the camera right now, talking to the NCAA, until you start, you know, stop with these stupid technicalities. Of you know trying to go out of your way to to point the finger at somebody and slap somebody on the wrist until you stop doing that and actually make an effort to improve the landscape of student athletes and college athletics, no one's gonna take you seriously because right now it's on a Thursday on ESPN 690 and I'm sitting here telling everybody I'm telling the world that I don't take the NCAA seriously with stipulations like this. That's fair. End of rant. Okay. Well. I really hopefully got you. Hopefully, it's shut us down. Well, they asked me to play you guys out. Yeah, they, they <laughs> might. They might get together with Concacaf and come after us. Yeah. Sorry yeah. for getting riled up. Yeah, I've, I've gotten you riled up each hour on this show well, in one way or in another. In case you didn't notice, I get riled up, up a lot. lot. And you know yeah. what they call that? They call that passion. Okay. That's more, what. That's what you need. More passion on ESPN 690 next. I'm a little worried about our dear friend Coos. Yeah, I think something's up. He 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 constantly has to leave his perch. Yeah, like more than more than usual. More than usual, right? Like, is it is it because I'm here? Is that it? No, I don't. No, I think, normally, uh, no. It's the same amount. I just don't normally say it. Like Brent, I just go. Coos, this is say hey, just I want to let you know. Forget about the people listening at home. It's just me, Stuart, <laughs> and yourself here. Yeah, there's something you want to tell us. Are you okay? I just got to go get some water. Some water? Yeah. You sure? Yeah. Okay, man. All right. I don't believe him. You don't, you don't buy it, do you? No, I don't buy it. One, one second. Something else is afoot here. All right. To, to be continued. All right. Well, <laughs> we're going we're gonna... to... I'm just making a protein shake. <laughs> we, know, we know that's not what you're doing. No, Speaking it really isn't. That, uh, how's the whole weight training and everything going there, Coos? It's going good, man. You staying at it? Yeah, yeah, we're still going up, uh, going for it. I'm up, uh, I think it's eight pounds now. Okay. 
So uh, eight pounds of muscle, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, drop the weight. Let's go, you know. let's, let's go ahead and clarify yeah, yeah, for yeah, everyone yeah. listening. I mean, yeah. Doesn't sound good when you said you added eight pounds. <laughs> I just added eight <laughs> shame pounds. On, shame on the gym that was I was teaching you. If that's the case. Oh uh, yeah, we're doing good. I like by the way that Coos in the break says, "Hey, I gotta go get some water when we start back up." And so what do we do? We force him to talk on the radio when he yeah. wants to go get water. All right, Coos, going to take a break go. quick, and we're gonna go and recap the show a little bit. We're gonna, we're gonna talk today. about the big story of the day, Melvin Gordon. Yeah, deciding to kind of push some chips into the middle and leverage it a little bit and say, hey, give me some money mm-hmm. or trade me. Yeah. Uh, you certainly were behind Melvin Gordon and his decision to do that. You know, I, I got to support the players making money, man. No doubt about it. And it's an interesting time for the game. We got that, that new CBA coming up soon. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing more and more of this, of, of you know, players – and, you know, we've seen it for a while, guys who hold out. And it, maybe it's just more public now because of how much social media plays a role in everyone's lives. And so people are more easily able to put out their intentions and their thoughts. I think that probably has something to do with it. Yeah, without a doubt. And I also think, I mean, it is the era now of where we get all our information via Twitter or, um, you know, Facebook. And listen, it's it's been said already where the problem with the Melvin Gordon deal is the fact that the Chargers did offer him a new contract and that he was so insulted. He was so offended that they basically lowballed him, he feels like, where him and his agent have come out and said, either you give me a new contract or I don't show up for training camp and I'm requesting a trade. And this is where you have to be careful in business as well. And I get, like, if you're going to buy a car, what do you do? You're gonna, if you're looking to buy a new car, what are you going to do? You're going to haggle. Off, yeah, you're going to haggle. You're going yeah. to try to lowball the, the dealer. You know, uh, you're going to try to get your money's worth, right? You're going to try to get the best bargain possible. Those days of the NFL of doing that are gone unless you're on the same page. For instance, like I've talked about before, Melvin Gordon in all cases, I think he's never been in trouble in the NFL. I think he's been a pretty good guy in that locker room. I think he's been one of the leaders. I mean, obviously, Philip Rivers um, is running that team, but I think Melvin Gordon has fallen in line as a as a great Los Angeles Charger and um, hasn't caused too many distractions. And even a decent guy like that, a humble guy, if you offer him um, a low-ball offer like that, like is being reported now, uh, that's almost a form of disrespect. And when that happens, players can get so offended where it's like, well, now maybe he had a he had a a price tag in his mind. Now maybe he asks for more, you know. So you you have to be careful in in conducting business with athletes these days because, like Jalen Ramsey said, there really is no hometown discounts anymore. Now, yes, there are the cases like Tom Brady when you're married to Giselle, uh, you can get away with taking a pay cut, and you see the what's happened with the Patriots with that, where they've made so much money over the years. And you've also signed a couple contracts yourself, so you've got a couple extensions. Not one rookie deal. So there is Tom Brady, and and there's the outliers like that. But for the most part, for the majority of the NFL players out there um if they feel disrespected uh the the days of just biting your tongue and just going the opposite way are over um it is the social media age and if they feel disrespected they're gonna go on videos or they're gonna talk to their agents and there will be consequences and that's what's happening right now with the chargers and that's why i say the jaguars have to approach this yannick Ngakwe situation very carefully um and not lowball because the market is set the, the the market at running back is always going to be kind of a crapshoot because one could argue with running backs, 
they don't have a lot of lifespan. And teams value running backs differently. For instance, the, the New England Patriots maybe value a running back a little differently than the than the Los Angeles Rams do right now. Yeah. I will pose this question to you. Do you think the city in which he plays for, plays in, matters in this case? So what I'm saying is Yannick Ngakwe plays here in Jacksonville. If Yannick Ngakwe doesn't show up to training camp, that will be the lead story every day. Hands down. Right. Yeah. If Melvin Gordon doesn't show up to training camp in Los Angeles, how big of a story is that? I think, I mean, listen, it's not like Philip Rivers not showing up. Like I said, I mean, that, that is Philip Rivers' team. But more Melvin so, Gordon's a big he, name, he though, is, Stewart. He is, but what I mean to say is that, like, I feel like Los Angeles fan base, if we want to call it a fan base, obviously it's that's been put in question uh, with the move from San Diego mm-hmm. to L.A. I get the sense that they might be more pro-player. Whereas here in Jacksonville, they might be pro team. I don't know. I'm I'm just throwing throwing some things out here. Yeah. I I feel like L. A. is a place where you could do this, and it wouldn't make as many waves as here in Jacksonville. Just being a, a larger market, being having a bigger a, market, having, having so many Rams. different things going on. Yeah, but but at the same time, I mean, so let, let's look at it from the perspective. Of being like a beat writer for yep. for the for the Chargers here. I mean, Melvin Gordon being absent is 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 a big deal, um, no doubt. And it's a big deal from fantasy football. If you're a fan, it's it's a big deal from a lot of different perspectives. And I think it's the biggest deal because this is the new trend now. This is the trend that's following Le'Veon Bell. This is the trend that's following Antonio Brown. Now, yes, these are different circumstances, but it's kind of the same realm of, and and I hate using this term, but it's the best way to describe it, where players are almost holding the team hostage now and wanting more money. They're, They're banking on themselves more than they're really worried about what the team thinks. And that's unprecedented. And that's something that we haven't seen until the past two or three years. And now it's starting to be the trend. So from that perspective, too, uh, I think you could see the story in headlines daily, even during training camp, just because what he's doing now, you know, five years ago would have been like, you're absolutely crazy. Uh, you're you're absolutely insane to think that you but, could just say that you want to get traded or say you want more money, and that would work. And now you expect it could get done. And now it's going to get done because if history has shown us these past couple years, there hasn't been a scenario where a player has done this and it backfired in their face. Certainly. Uh, yeah. It, it's going to be very interesting to watch for us in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Um I just don't know if they'll care in L.A., to be honest. Yeah. I think I think they'll think about it for a day, and then maybe they'll be like, eh, all right, on to the next thing. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with that. What's LeBron doing? What's going on with the Clippers? How's Kawhi? I mean, listen, the Chargers are a team, and I've been on the show saying this, they have one of the best rosters top to bottom in the entire NFL. And with Phillip Rivers um, you know, having a couple good years left, I would say, before he's got another contract coming up as well. So, yeah, keep in mind as well, yeah, Marvin, uh, Melvin Gordon, who, if you want to pay him, so be it. But then you also have to worry about Phillip Rivers, who played some of his best football last year. You know, he, there was a, a time where he was an MVP consideration. So I think the vibe right now with the Los Angeles Chargers is they have the team to win right now. Now's the time to do it. 
and the fact that you have this distraction with Melvin Gordon, you have this holdout supposedly, um, that doesn't help the team dynamic. So I'm honestly curious to see how this pans out because if you're the GM of the Chargers, do you just throw money at Melvin Gordon hope this thing goes away because you don't want it to distract your team who's one of the favorites to go to the Super Bowl? Or do you become stubborn and do you just sit on your hands, hopefully it all blows over, and your team can rebound from it? It's a big risk. It really is. And by the way, training camp less than two weeks away for them. Yeah. <laughs> starts, on the 20, hey. starts on the 24th. So Talk it is about good thir- timing. 13 days away from the Chargers. It's exactly two weeks for the Jacksonville Jaguars before they start up training camp. By the way, Jaguars did make it official today. Marcus Sims now on the roster. They signed the undrafted rookie who did not go in the supplemental draft. So the Jaguars scooped him up. When we get back to stay in your lane, I had a question for you, sir. I want you okay. to think about a little bit here I'll because think. it's actually part of Pump Your Breaks here. All right. I want you to think about your top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Okay. And I'm going to tell you why they might be at my Pump Your Breaks. Okay. That's next on ESPN 690. Welcome back to ESPN 690. At the home stretch, we've got one more segment for everybody today on a on a Thursday, on a thirsty Thursday, if that's your style. If not, it's all good. Well, actually, I mean, it should be everybody's style, whether you're celebrating happy hour, if you're just trying to stay hydrated. It is a warm one out there today, so absolutely thirsty, drink regardless. Thirsty Thursday, Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp back in town. Little six-game homestand. It's a rarity because they normally play five. Gotcha. But this one's a six. Learn something new every day. Because they had a four right before the All-Star break. Okay. Or the uh, July 4th break, I should say. Uh, before we get into this final topic of the day, want to remind folks about the WOKV Carathon. Uh, pretty cool thing that one of our radio partners is doing with the Carathon, where they are out there raising money and doing it for a great cause. And luckily, you can help the Carathon and get a great benefit out of it that involves ESPN 690. Hit us with it. Okay. There's auction items up for bid, one of which is the Action Sports Jacks experience where you can bid, and if you're the winning bidder, you get to come in studio and check out the show. And get the entire experience in person. You, you Watch Coos go get water 10 times. I was going to say, you get to show. come in, you get to make fun of Coos. You get to <laughs> you get to rile up Austin. You get to oh, see yeah. the infamous uh, Toby Maguire is my Spider Man sticker. Sticker, yep, uh, absolutely. I remember those times; those are fun. <laughs> those are back when we were just starting to be friends too, Kuz. Yeah, and then, yeah. yeah, and then you weren't friends. And then we weren't friends anymore. Was, but no, it's it's actually a really cool thing. It is excellent. Uh, you know, helping to benefit the Child Cancer Fund of Northeast Florida and raise as much money as possible. The auctions go all the way through Monday, July fifteenth at noon. So. Get on there, go bid, go win. That way you can get the in-studio experience. There's tons of other great items you can bid on as well, including the Jaguars all-access private VIP experience. What does that mean? Well, you get a table for four at one of the tapings for Jaguars all-access this fall. Brent Martineau hosts it along with Calais Campbell, Jeff Lagerman, and a guest. You'll get a table for four, plus you'll get the opportunity to meet the mayor. Calais Campbell. Pretty cool. Uh, cool. So good stuff there. Go on our website, ESPN690.com. Big old link on there. You can't miss it. Go click it. 
and then go bid. Do it at 6 o'clock once you're done listening to us. Fantastic, man. Yeah. Awesome. Carathon. Do you want to close the segment out with some stay in your lane? Let's do it. Let's uh, let's tell people to stay in your lane. All right. Because that's Austin's last name, so it's funny. Yep, and it works because we don't call it stay in your Weber or stay in your Martino. So stay in your lane it is. Cruise control. Uh, for those of you that didn't watch the SPs last night, I was doing my homework, and I was, uh, as Stuart raises his hand. doesn't matter. I still won the bet, so we're all good. Uh Listen, the ESPYs is a place where all athletes can get together and hang out, and that's cool to see. But what I really enjoy about the ESPYs more than anything is that you learn some pretty cool and inspiring stories that you may not have seen um, you know, on social media or in pop culture. And uh, a prime example of that, and actually, I mean, and don't get me wrong, there's tons of cool stories last night, but one of my favorite stories, just to pick from one, was a guy by the name of Robert Mendez. Um, Robert Mendez was born without arms or legs, but he grew up with a passion to play football. Football. Um, obviously, he couldn't play it. So when he couldn't play it, he kind of directed his efforts more towards watching his friends play Madden and play video games. This resulted in him to wanting to be a coach. Um, and that's how he learned the game of football through video games. So uh, being uh, being unable to play, he chose to go the coaching route. And when he graduated, um, became uh, an assistant coach in this past season, uh, he was the junior varsity head coach of Prospect High in Saratoga, California, where they went 8-2 and two during his first season at the helm. Here's just a little bit of the audio from last night at the ESPYs as he accepts his award uh, for the Courage Award, I believe. It's honestly been hard for me to fathom receiving this award to be recognized alongside heroes of mine like Coach Valvano, Stuart Scott, Jim Kelly, and so many others. But the reality is I am here. And if there's any message I want to give you guys tonight, it's to look at me and see how much passion I put into coaching and how far it's gotten me. When you dedicate yourself to something and open your mind to different possibilities and focus on what you can do instead of what you can't do, you really can go places in this world. Yep. So that was Rob Mendez with the Jimmy V Award, actually, um, which, you know, exemplifies courage. J- Jimmy Valvano, obviously, uh, a figure of the ESPYs um, in his cancer research. So congratulations to, to Rob Mendez and everybody else that was celebrated last night at the ESPYs. Uh, yeah, I saw the great piece, uh, the video piece that ESPN had put together on him, and it just such an inspirational yeah. story. And uh, we had a similar story here in Jacksonville with Kent Bell, the former scorekeeper over at UNF. Uh, same thing. He recently passed away. Uh, so very cool to see, uh, this is a guy who never had the chance to play the game, mm-hmm. you know, Yeah. but is still so passionate about it. And so, uh, you know, cares about these players and being able to give them the best possible experience. So just awesome. Good stuff. Yep. Pump your bricks. Okay. Who's pu- who are we pumping the We're brakes really on? We're pumping our bricks this one. So this actually came out a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And I kid you not, I've had about three or four people request that I talk about it. Okay. So here we are. Man um, of the people, you're going to do what they'd like. Shout out to NBC Sports because they obviously don't allow drug testing uh, for their coworkers because Chris Sims has come out with his top 40 QB countdown. Why top 40? I don't know, Chris. How about you just do the starters in the NFL and go from there? We don't really need to count backups, but Chris Sims' top 40 QB countdown, uh, needless to say, goes off the rails pretty much off the get-go. Coming at number one, Aaron Rodgers. Okay. okay. Uh, I'll give sure. that to you. Yeah. Two, Patrick Mahomes. Great yeah, year. Of Great, course, yeah. former yeah. MVP. Sure. Uh, where it starts to get a little weird, though, 
Where do, you, where do you think Tom Brady ranked in that list? I mean, you, see, you have the list in front of you now. De- definitely not ninth. Tom Brady is ranked number nine in Chris Sims' top 40 QB countdown, the quarterback that led the Patriots to the Super Bowl last year. A little debatable. Ahead of Tom Brady at number eight, Cam Newton. I'm looking at this list of top 40, and I don't see Blake on here. I don't understand. Okay, Blake Bortles is not on there. Uh, Nick Foles, though. Sixteen. <laughs> uh, Nick Foles making an appearance at 16. And you know what? That's... Might, might be a might be a little low, I think. Is he in the top half of QBs in the league? Yes. I think he is, yeah. Okay. So give him at 16. Yeah, yeah fair fine. enough. That's fine. But then, like, and I understand that, but then... He'll look, rise after the Super Bowl this year, though. He will rise after the Super yeah. Bowl. But then do you put Mitchell Trubisky at number 20? There are some questionable decisions, starting off with Tom Brady, 9, and Drew Brees at 10. Drew Brees, number 10. Drew Brees barely cracking the top ten. But there's a lot of talented young in quarterbacks in the yeah, league. But you Cam to, Newton's not one that's ahead what do you, of them. What do you I get have to that. go off of? Do you go off of last year's performance or do you go off of future potential? Because if you do that, no offense to Cam Newton, uh, but this is a guy who I've had in my fantasy team the past two years who has bit me uh, the last two years. I mean, I, I don't know how you take Cam Newton over Drew Brees. I, I really don't. I don't know how you take Cam Newton over Tom Brady at the moment. Yeah, um, it, I just can't see it. Yeah. Deshaun Watson, number five, by the way, too. He's very high on Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, number five. The fifth best quarterback in the NFL right now is Deshaun Watson. Yeah, that's that's where he put him. Yeah. So you wonder, and I don't know if he put forth his criteria that he used, if you're using a combination of stats, age, which leads into future potential, uh, clutch ability, because if you're talking about just stats and clutch, I mean, you put Tom Iron nine for Pete's sake. Yeah. It's the GOAT. I, Come exactly. on. He's got six titles. And then Titans fans out there, too, uh, maybe he thinks aren't going to be a bunch of happy campers oh boy, if no, you saw well. where Marcus Mariota was ranked. You know, I mean, he's right behind Mar- Case Keenum. Marcus Mariota coming behind Case Keenum, coming he's behind Jameis Winston. Behind both Bengals quarterbacks. Coming, coming behind uh, both <laughs> Bengals quarterbacks. Marcus Mariota, number 29. Uh, yeah. Uh, the 29th ranked quarterback yeah. in the NFL. It's pretty yeah, pretty far down there. Um, the only guys that are notable that are behind him are Lamar Jackson, yeah. starter quarterback for the Ravens, and Josh Rosen. And and, and here's a, your guy for the Dolphins. And if you thought uh, being a Giants fan was hard, no. do me a favor and just ignore what I'm about to say. But Eli Manning coming in at and this is starting quarterback. One would think four the New York Giants this season, at number 34. So there's backups that are better than Eli Manning right now. The good news is it doesn't matter. This this Chris Sims, but he should definitely pump his brakes. No, I mean, that's why he's part of the segment of pump your brakes. You know, I I think that the Nick Foles is is fair. He's weird. He should just have done the 32 starters. But I I mean, I get that you want to try and evaluate the other guys in there with him to an extent. Yeah, so be it. But that that was uh, was your pump your brakes, and I thought... You know, it was something that people wanted me to talk about. So there, I hope everyone's happy. And if you want to check that uh, those rankings out, just type in Chris Sims, NBC Top 40, and you'll you'll see it for yourself. I'll actually retweet it right now. So go ahead and retweet it and tell us what you think. Retweet. Yep. Well, yeah, shout out to NBC. Obviously, okay. they don't have drug testing, so <laughs> no. Yeah, very, very, very uh, easy going there at NBC Sports. All right. Yeah. Good stuff. This, this has been a good Thursday. Not a bad thing. Some, some good discussions. Uh, Can people check you out tonight on Action Sports Jacks, or what's the plan here? I think this thing on my head is probably your number one indicator. 
that, that's a no. Oh, you're going to the shrimp game? No, I'm off today. Oh, I got if you. I'm wearing a hat. If I'm wearing a hat, there's a good chance I'm in non-TV mode for the day. Okay. What, what with the hair and all? Well, I understand that Brent's gone and everything. Yes. But being Friday is tomorrow. Yes. I feel like we should play some kind of a game. Okay. And I, like I had an idea come to my head, and we'll kind of set the scene and see where we go from here. But, you know, there, there there's this show, uh, uh, Hard Knocks is coming out. Heard of it? Yeah. Um, ESPN 30 for 30 is pretty big. Okay. Yeah. I say that tomorrow we pick three NFL teams. Okay. And we make trailers for how the season's going to go for that team this year. So, for instance, we can both pick the Jaguars, but then I want you to pick two other teams. Maybe you can talk about the Chargers and make a, you know, just a mock trailer okay. or a mock 30 for 30, if you will, about how the, the, those teams will do this year. And then we'll play them, and then we'll see who has the best ones. Three apiece. Okay. You win? Let's do it. Cool. Cool. Is he cool with that? All right. It sounds exciting. Mock, uh, mock, mock NFL team trailers tomorrow. Okay. I'm excited. That's uh, That'll be Friday on ESPN 690. Yeah. If you missed any of today's show, check it out on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter. They're all documented there. And we'll talk to you on a Friday here in Jacksonville. Celebrate our 10th anniversary in September. It's the Action Sports Shacks Dream 18 Golf Tournament at the Golf Club at Southampton. Hey, everyone, it's Brent Martineau. Get some friends, play some golf, prizes, food, and drink on us. All you have to do is sign up and show up. September 16th for the Cadillac Dealers Action Sports Shacks Dream 18 Golf Tournament. Proceeds benefit St. Michael's Soldiers and the North Florida Junior Golf Foundation. Register today at actionsportsshacksdream18.com and be a part of the celebration. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 